episode 263. We're talking about Ghostbusters, baby. Man, we're going to find out the truth. We're going to find out the truth about what happened to JFK, what happened on the moon landing, what happened with these ghosts in 1984, and we're going to find out what the hell's going on with the Spider-Man movie. How many Spider-Men are in it? We'll never know. Wink. I'm joined by my best friends in the world, Brandon T. McClure. Hello, I'm back. And Benjamin Magnet. I'm here, and I really hope I didn't just break my Game Boy. You definitely broke it. We I did no. hear a snap. I did hear yeah. a snap when that when when we came back. I was like, wait, what happened? Well, no, it's supposed to make that nope. sound. It's natural. It's fine. Uh, we're saying the sparks witty today. He's going through some stuff. Our hearts yes. with him. Uh, but uh, we got some we got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, Brandon, why don't we start you off? Do we have any links this week? We do, <laughs> but but real quickly, I want to talk about Sparks a little bit, just, for, okay. just briefly. Uh, he is not here. Um, his family's going through a tragedy, and I just mm-hmm. want to say that our hearts go out with him, like Ryan said. Um, people, if you're watching this, um, you know, don't message him or anything, but like, you know, put good goodwill into the universe for him. He really needs it at this time. Um, things aren't good, so mm-hmm. our hearts go out to him, and we miss him dearly, and we love him. Very yeah. Much. Definitely. Um, okay, but we do have links. Um, we have actually two links on, for, uh, on accident because I didn't take out your downright annoyed link, which I put in uh, before the show starts. That's okay. Well, I didn't do it this week, so that's okay. It was, uh, what movie is it going to be next week? It's going to be a movie called Hush. It's funny because I watched the wrong one, but luckily I only watched 20 minutes of the wrong one. Uh, uh, that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's um, it's one of Mike uh, Flanagan's uh, horror movies. It's like one of, like one of the only ones I haven't seen, uh, and it's called Hush. So I'm gonna watch it watch it next week. I'll let you know. Very cool. Um, but there is a, a link from me in the description. Um, oh, I, I came back inspired to write, and and uh, while I was gone uh, on my vacation, Disney Plus Day happened, and they announced the Spider Man show, and I was flabbergasted. I was like, whoa. Um, and I, I didn't get to talk about it with you guys, so I decided to write down my thoughts and give it to Atomic Geekdom. So the, so in the description below are is an article from me about what, kind of me spinning my wheels about what uh, the potential outcomes of Spider-Man freshman year could mean for the MCU Spider-Man. Um, that's down there. It's a quick little thing that I woke, that I, that I wrote up on vacation. Um, but yeah, that's all. And that's what I got. I got another one coming from Atomic Geekdom that I'm really excited about, so I'll actually uh, tease it. Um, I recently got hired by Screen Rant to do listicles, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, I decided mm. to practice a listicle, and so I wrote a listicle for Atomic Geekdom about where all the live-action Spider-Man villains were at the end of each movie. So if you don't want to go through all the movies before the before the film comes out, I have a listicle coming for you. So there you go. I recommend you should, because I think those are pretty good movies. I, I agree. I'm, I just finished Spider-Man 2 and 3 today. Nice. Um, right, but that's all the links in the description. Um, so who wants to go with their week first? Um, I'll go, but I can't find my phone with my list. So Ben, you go first. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. So I had a week off work uh, last month. This past, yeah. Oh, so last Monday was my thirty-first birthday, and I got to take an entire week off of work, which uh, yeah, it was much needed. I really needed that uh, time off just to chill out relax uh the biggest thing i really did was um on wednesday and thursday i took like a little mini road trip with my mom and my girlfriend fanny up to solvang and pismo beach do either one of you know what solvang is sounds like a dracula villain definitely thought it was a dracula villain (laughs) it's i wish no uh solvang is a town up in the central coast of california it's apparently the danish capital of the world outside of denmark you're in my dick of the woods i was yeah i was up there oh okay Damn. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so um so essentially the whole town is um is based off of a Danish village. It looks like a Danish village and it was really mm-hmm. cool. We got there's 
uh, Danish food for breakfast. We I had Danish pancakes, which were delicious. I had these little. What makes them Danish, balls. Ben? What makes them Danish? They're really big and they're really thin. My my brother my brother used to make them. They're delicious. Yeah, and also because his because his dad his dad is Danish, uh, so he spent passed down his recipe. Um, we called them puff pancakes. They're they're great. They're great. Oh, yeah, they're really, I had mine with uh, warm cinnamon apples and whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was so good. Dude, I I don't eat apples enough, but a warm cinnamon apple just got my mouth watered. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was it's definitely worth a four hour drive up north. Uh, besides that, also we had something called Abel Skeevers. And Abel Skeevers are really good. So, wait, that much? What Ryan said in here? I said bless you. Uh, Haha, very funny. Would you eat a bumble snatch? What? (laughs) So Abel Skeevers are kind of like these. Do you guys know what takoyaki balls are? No. Okay, so takoyaki balls are these are battered balls with octopus inside of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I do. Yes, we serve those at work. Yes. Think that, except with no octopus, and it's like pancake batter into these, it's like these fluffy little balls, and what makes them really delicious is they put raspberry jam and powdered sugar on top. Sounds like a, like a, almost like a donut hole, almost. Kind of, but it's a much bigger donut hole. Mm. And it tastes more like That's a pancake. That's a big Twinkie. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it tastes more like a pancake than it does a donut hole. So yeah, we had some Abel Skeevers, then we went to Pismo Beach, we, wa- we walked across the beach, and it was awesome because when we walked up because we went to low tide and the the water was like like 200 yards away from the shore it was amazing and as far as it was a bunch of because i can't i've only been to pismo beach once in my life and i don't remember it very well because i was very little this time i didn't realize because we're walking up on the beach and i see these things in the in the water i'm like oh what's that they're like full-size clams their clams littered all throughout the beach and i'm like holy crap, this is a lot of clams. And I'm thinking, do people just come here and get clams for their clam chowder? And apparently they do. Like there's certain laws there in place where you can't, you have to like, you have to make sure they're measured, they're, they're, they're big enough. But it was still cool because uh, walking up uh, walking up and down the beach, we just saw a bunch of clams. And it's like, man, there's a lot of freaking clams out here. Clams. A lot of clams. Yeah, it was a lot of clams. Also walked into some sea caves that were really cool. I saw some of your Instagram, uh, some of your Instagram photos of the uh, the sea caves, and and you were like, "This looks like a boss dungeon." I'm like, "It does, it really <laughs> yeah. does." Like you just like can see, it's like this is definitely a dungeon in a Final Fantasy game. I want to go win it, but there's actually an, an end. There, there's it only goes in a certain way. There's not like an expansive network of caves in there, but that still you, that, that you know that I know. know of. Yeah, but going in, it looks really cool. Although the one thing that kind of hurt my soul a little bit is um, throughout the years, people would carve their names into the rocks, kind of like how people would carve their names and initials into trees. Yeah. And I'm but like, it's, and I don't think it's the same, though, if I'm being honest, because rocks aren't yeah. alive. Yeah, very true, very true. But they're still, but you, the oldest I saw was from like 1982, was like a, was like a, this couple, but and then their name was very eroded because the water would constantly come in and out of high, in and out of high tide. But um, yeah, there's also some of the bigger ones had a bunch of graffiti, like spray paint in there, like the ghost, the Pac-Man ghost was in there. But, I mean, you're right. Th- those The rocks aren't alive, but still it's like, this is like a natural wonder. These caves had like the ocean carve these things out over millions and millions of years and people just go like, I'm going to spray stuff in here. I hear what you're saying. When it comes to things like that, I think it's people leaving a, leaving a mark on on you know on a large you know million year history. Like I was here at the specific moment in time uh, when I walked by cement 
And it's like, yo, I wrote my name in here in 1985. I think that's awesome. That's a time mm-hmm. capsule. I, I was, always, I always okay. find writing like that incredibly cool. I don't like if it's graffiti on like a beautiful building or something. When it's mm-hmm. in like in like a rock somewhere, I'm like, yo, that's cool. I'll be there. Forever. I was about to say. I was about to say. I also, I also agree because what you're doing is you're 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 preserving your name to history. And a hundred mm-hmm. or so years from now, someone's gonna come by if that thing is still around. But yeah. like someone's gonna come by and see your name and wonder who you were. And I think that's beautiful in a way. I walk by. I walk by. Uh, somebody in the cement at my apartment wrote "F you," and I walk by it every day. <laughs> and I will. I, it'll always be there, and I love it. You know what? I didn't think of it like that. I I like that perspective. That's a neat yeah. little perspective. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so F you. <laughs> Although, no if, graffiti if, on on houses and stuff. That's fine. No, but then I remember that I was taking a trip somewhere. I think I was over in San Luis Obispo. There's this one beach in San Luis Obispo that had this giant rock, in uh, just like smack dab in the middle of the beach. But it was this type of rock that just with the slightest touch, you can like dig something in and like carve your name in. Oh, and it's, it's like this castle. naturally eroding rock. And it's like, this thing's not going to be here for thousands upon thousands of years. This thing's probably going to be here for like maybe a hundred, give or take. But those rocks, I mean, I would be lying if I say if I found a good space and I had a tool with me, I'd probably chisel my name in there too. There you go. That's actually yeah. a though. Yeah, I'm a Sharpie kind of guy. But you're right, because there were people who put their names in, like, 1992, 2003, 2007. I was like, who were these people? And what and were you know they what? You know what, Ben? You're talking about them. Look at that! Uh, you were there! Their name alive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, walking through sea caves is really cool. Uh, we found out, we also found out my mom's a really good photographer, because she was taking some kick-ass pictures of me and Fanny in the caves, which was like... That's awesome. Wow, go mom. And yeah, besides that, Pismo Beach was awesome. We did some zip lining in uh, Santa Margarita, which is about half an hour north of um, San Luis Obispo. And we went over some of the vineyards there, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It was awesome. It was it was so much fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been zip lining before. I forget. I don't know if one of us has a fear of heights, because if you have a fear of heights, don't do it, because you're up there like 90 feet in the air. I call it God's cruel joke that the six foot five guy is scared of heights. that is a cruel joke but it was i mean it was absolutely gorgeous it was a fun time and then afterwards we went wine tasting and i finally found some wine i actually like because i'm not a wine guy i don't like drinking wine and all of a sudden i'm there at this winery in santa margarita i'm like you know what i'm gonna try some and i try Mm -hmm. some it's pretty damn good that's the thing ben just like you know with like any liquor any beer like you just gotta find the right one because i also was not a wine person and then uh uh I, I I'm now a wine person because you got to find the right one. Yeah, we yeah. all just take up our wine glasses. Just mm, yes. No, <laughs> just I didn't. Put just, I put it in a hit thick glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some pretty thin. Uh, when my mom came over on my birthday and she taught me how to make pumpkin bars, which I I'm gonna make sure I save some so I can give some to you guys next time I see you. Um, because yeah, they're... you've talked about those pumpkin bars for years. Yeah, probably uh, for Christmas. Definitely for Christmas, I'll give them. I'll give some to us for Christmas because mm. now I know I know how to make them, and I'm learning how to make them. The the legacy is being passed on from one generation mm. to the next. Only took, me, my only took me 31 freaking years to learn how to do this crap. Well, I didn't expect you to do it at two years old, Ben. That's true. That's true, Ben. <laughs> ben, why weren't you making pumpkin bars the moment you left? I, I don't want to. Say, I don't <laughs> like, want to finish that sentence. No, like you, and you exit the <laughs> womb, and there's like a just like a, like a, an easy bake oven right next to it. Like, right, time to go. Get, time to get going, man. Get going. <laughs> In this economy, baby. Anyways, besides that, birthday week was uh, was very nice. Um, nice. Media wise, I watched a little bit more Cowboy Bebop. Um, 
I got Pokemon Diamond. I've been playing that as pretty much every time, any chance I could get ever since I got it. Um, I saw Brandon the other day. That was really nice to hang out with him for a few hours. Yeah. Because and... uh, uh, we normally hang out on our birthdays because our birthdays are a day apart, but this year we mm-hmm. didn't. And I wanted to be sure that we got we got some chance to, to just chill yeah. together for our birthday. Well of, course, well, of course, one of us was 3,000 miles away in a theme park. So that, I, still, I still felt bad. I'm like, we always do it every year. Hey, dude, don't feel bad. I mean, you went on an amazing trip. That trip looked awesome. I'm glad you went on that trip. So, yeah, and here I am doing the podcast, and it's like, yes, I'm here, and then I'm looking out towards tomorrow. I'm like, frack, I don't want to go back. to the grind. Yeah, it's it's that uh, it's the slow slow crawl. But besides that, it was a good week, much needed, a lot of relax. It was nice and relaxing, and I had a good time. Very cool. Ryan, do you want to go? All right, in between the vacation sandwiches, it's Mr. Workman. That's me. Uh, So I worked and then I watched some stuff. Um, I watched the newest episode of Succession that came out uh, right before the podcast. So I watched that. That's so great. Uh, Mm -hmm. That show's awesome. Uh, uh, Two and a half seasons. It's all about like business stuff and like high level business stuff, which are starting to reach into politics. So it's becoming like extra gross and extra seedy and really like, oh, like who is really a bad person here? And it's getting like so juicy. And it's like, it's really the good shit. Um, I read a couple comics. I read Way of X. Uh, I was behind on that, so I read that. And there's also a one-shot mini, a one-shot called uh, Onslaught Revelations. Spoiler alert for that comic, Way of X. Onslaught is the villain. If you guys don't know, listeners at home, Onslaught is a villain who is the manifestation of Professor X and Magneto's evil brain combined and manifested into a physical villain. It's the worst comic of the 90s, but the, you know, just like every bad comic, you know, you can retroactively make it cool. So the villain in this one's really cool. Um, they do a lot of really cool stuff in this, man. Like they question like everything that Krakow is like a paradise. This book is like looking at it through the lens of like, yeah, but like there's a lot of faults here, right? Like Ben, one of the one of the, the codes is like make more mutants. What does that mean? What does that what does that actually mean? Making like, more but, what does that mean so to are me you, or what does that ben, mean? Like... Are you, no, like the so that's the thing. The law of the X-Men is make more mutants. What does that mean, though? To hmm. you, what do you think that means? They boning. Okay, so are you forcing people to have children? That's the question. Oh, that's the kind yeah. of thing this book is asking. So, if people don't want to have kids, what happens to those kids? It's the kind of questions that like people don't think about because you're just like, oh, it's like make more mutants. Like, so what does that mean with people who don't want to have kids? What happens to the kids who are born and then left behind? That's the kind of questions this book's answering. It's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, also. No, because I remember in, I think it was an issue of Excalibur where Rogue was telling Gambit that she doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. And that, that actually came, went in my brain. I was like, oh, so the whole, so I guess she, maybe she might be exempt from the whole make more mutants part. Cause because I thought, she's, because she's famous. It's weird. Oh. It, it, it's the, it's the, um, it's the, 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 the creepiness of making it a law. Like you have to make more mutants. It's, all, it's yeah. in our law. Yeah, because so, like when 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 it was initially made, it was like, yo, like we want our we want our species to prosper. So like we want like, yo, we want we want us to keep going. So like we want you guys to have babies. But like, does that mean you're forcing people to have babies? And like, what again? What does that mean for people who have kids? And then it's like they just drop them off because like, oh, you told us to make them, you didn't tell us to keep them. Yes. So like questions yeah. like that get asked in this book, and it's really awesome. It's really cool. Ooh, okay. uh, also, uh, Nightcrawler teleports a moon. And it's just like it's like one of the coolest things I've read in a comic this year. Um, I think I saw that you posted that on Twitter. I was like, that's cool. I could I couldn't help it. It was like it was just too it was just too badass. Um, is that all the comics I did? I was gonna read way more comics, and then I had other things to do. Um, oh, I watched. Can I interject for a hot second. Interject, please. So yeah, because there's one thing that I also did that had happened this week that I really want to talk to you guys about because I, I think it's really cool. So I picked up this game this week, Mega Man Star Force Two, right? 
Okay. So I got this at a GameStop, and I was just it was just there because normally I hardly buy older games at GameStop because you know they don't have the covers and all this other garbage. Yeah. But I just figured I'm just gonna look it up because this is one of the Mega Man series post Battle Network, and I never played this series before. I was interested, but I never, I never saw it. So I thought, okay, I'm just gonna check up what it looks like online. Okay, people seem to like this game. They like this version because there's two different versions. Uh, there's Sorry, and there's another one called Ninja. So I'm like, okay, I'll go ahead and get it. Oh, this game's only $14. I'm gonna go ahead and snag it. So I snag it, and then later, I'm like, I wonder how much. All right, I'm just gonna see if I overpaid for this. This sucker. On price charting, CIB is over $94, and I paid $15 for this thing. At a GameStop? At GameStop. Okay, then that means that they are overcharging on that website then. Because if it's at a GameStop for that price, that's what the value is. Oh, really? That's fair. Well, well, Ben, if GameStop, the most popular chain in the world, has that game, how valuable is it really? Like honest, like for real. It's if you're if you're if it's like a hard. This isn't like a dig, but I'm like I'm glad you didn't pay ninety because that's someone trying to rip somebody off. Do you remember Ben? I I didn't look too far into it. I know you did though. Do you recall there was a there was um a controversy about uh video games being uh upcharged to get their value uh, yeah. up? That's yeah. um water games, and that's a completely different thing. So. Well, but I'm saying, but I'm but I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it could happen to other. If it's happening all, all around the game industry and we just haven't noticed, yeah. Well, the price of the prices of retro games recently have gone up because of the pandemic and people staying inside and having more time. Because yeah. even because of course I went to Frankenstein's quite a bit during my week off, and there are places and even people I know because I check price charting and they upcharge and they are selling games where they shouldn't be that expensive. Yeah. So. Because the reason, because I, I thought maybe, oh, GameStop must have messed up and priced this at $14, whereas price charting in other places are selling it for $94 complete in box. Maybe, so even, maybe. Because the yeah. they, they had Pokemon Pearl there, and that was CIB, and they're selling that one for $71. So I feel like I got a steal. I mean, if I, like if I did it and some other people are trying to upcharge that um, one game, then, well, then I just... Either way, Ben. Like I, either way, Ben, you beat the system. You beat the system. You beat the Matrix today, my friend. Well, you you beat the system by actually going through like a corporate, like GameStop, which is one of the worst companies. Like, but like you won either way. You still win. You won. You get the game. You win. Power power to the players. Yeah, I got the game. So yeah, that for me, I was like, holy shit. I'm glad you didn't pay ninety dollars for that. (laughs) Me too. I uh, I watched bucks for that thing. No, I don't know. I watched a documentary on HBO called Woodstock '99. Uh, you guys heard about Woodstock? I'm sure from the '60s. You know, it's like the hippy dippy music festival that's like had hundreds of thousands of people and like Jimi Hendrix and all these cool people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the creators of that wanted to do that again in the '90s. Uh, they did one in '94 and it was pretty successful. And then they wanted to do one in 1999, but they didn't want it to be the same kind of hippie peace and love thing. They wanted it to be more modern. What's what's about the times, right? And at the time, things that were really big were like Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, Corn, uh, uh, heavy metal, real re- aggression, right? And the beautiful thing, I actually, I think you guys should watch this documentary. It's really, really fascinating because what it starts as just a documentary, uh, documentary about Woodstock. Uh, and if you guys don't know about Woodstock 99, it's one of the biggest tragedies in like festival history. It, it was a it was a true dumpster fire of apocalyptic proportions. Uh, it's insane that like it like now that I know about it, I'm like, oh, how does not everyone know about this? But um, 350,000 people came to this event. 
And if you've seen videos, it is literally a crowd of almost half a million people. I have never seen more people in one location in my entire life for a music venue. It is truly insane how you see waves of people like when they're dancing and stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing about this concert that was so insane is it was fueled by aggression, mostly by young white men. And the documentary turns from what was starting to be a hippie festival into basically a huge white supremacist like neo-Nazi, uh, mm -hmm. like mostly a bunch of young white men letting their aggression out in ways that they never had before. So by the end of the show, uh, it's like a three-day festival. The entire concert venue was destroyed. Uh, there was riots. People were killed. Uh, it's insane. It's truly insane. And yeah. like, and the people behind it are like, oh, blame the musicians. But the musicians are like, it's not our fault that like we're just the outlet for these people, right? Like, it's not their fault. But this is them building up. And it's like, we just happen to be the outlet. So it's like all these different talking heads about like how this thing happened. Um and it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. And there's like, maybe we'll do another Woodstock again one day. And I'm like, yeah, because you made this movie, you're saying that. But like, <laughs> it is truly insane. Like, uh, and like, you see people like, there was like, th there was like three ladies. There was like, Jewel showed up. And Jewel's like, I, I shouldn't have been here. I'm doing my folksy art stuff while there's a bunch of like, uh, 20 year old white guys yelling at me. And like, they're throwing stuff at the stage. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. It is truly like, it is a, a fascinating documentary. I, I highly recommend watching it. It's on my list. I'm going to check it out. I love it. Great. Um, did you guys, Ben, I know you're a gamer, but, but Brandon, you were younger. You were a gamer. Did you ever watch uh, G4 and Attack of the Show? A ton. Oh, okay, good. This is good. This is great. Okay, so um, I I have Sundays off at, on my work, on uh, my work schedule. And then every day of the week is could be, every week could be different, right? This day mm -hmm. of the week, I had Thursday off, right? So I was on twitch.com, twitch.tv, just looking for something to watch. And at the exact same time, at the exact same time I went on there, attack of the show's premiere was happening so i was oh. like oh shit so i i literally caught on i clicked on it and it's like welcome to attack the show i'm like wow great crazy timing and there was like ten thousand people in the audience like it was like a live ass show uh if you guys remember that show it's that show it's it's awesome. kind of it's messy it's fun it's nerdy people talking about things they like um you guys know kevin Pereira. he's yep. still there he spends 20 minutes talking about how nfts are actually a good thing uh, they cut him off. They definitely cut him off, and he was mad about it. So, like, he's definitely maybe kind of an old man now. It's cool. Mm -hmm. He's still cool. Olivia uh, Munn came from Attack of the Show, didn't she? She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's now, like, a superstar now. Right. But, like, no. um, they got, like, a lot of, like, younger YouTube people that I really like to be on the show. Um, so it was really fun to watch. And besides that NFT thing, of like, hey, they're not so bad. Uh, it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. I That's awesome to hear because I loved G4 as a kid. Yeah. Um, I would watch – what was the what was the other one? Uh, X, X Play? X Play. Yeah, that's I watched that. I, I watched that a lot. Yeah. Speaking of X Play, Brandon, X Play is not only back, but Am Sessler is back. Um, mm -hmm. Gerard the Completionist is a host on the show. Yeah. And um, so that episode's the episode's not up yet. So a little sizzle for a future episode of Base Arcade Pause Menu. But I had the um the head of marketing at Yacht Club Games, Celia B. Um, or Celia Schilling. Celia B is her uh, is another name that she goes by on the internet. Um, she was actually recently on G4. And I, I, forgot, I don't know if it was for X-Play or was for something, but her and some of the Shovel Knight devs were there reading mean tweets about them. I haven't seen it yet, but she posted about it. And just the fact that G4 is back makes me happy because I love, like, same as you, Brandon, same as, same as Ryan. I loved G4. I bought God of War because Adam Sessler gave it a five out of five. Five out of five. God, those, uh, were, the, you know, those were the days. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was, very much a gamer as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, uh, real quickly, Mag is in the chat. 
Uh, just dropping in, Max says, want to let you know at work, and, wa- and I'll watch this later, happy 1,000 episodes of One Piece. Yeah. Ha- had a good time with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Take care and be safe. Nice. You too, Mag. Thank you, you for too, dropping buddy. by. Thanks, Mag. You're always a good. episodes. You're always a good soul. Crazy. Good for you, One Piece. You're never going to end, I guess. Right? <sighs> One Piece is never going to end. Oh, my God. But yeah, Attack uh, the, I'm glad I'm glad G4 is back. I, I saw a little clip of them when they unveiled like the largest working NES controller, and Kevin's like, "We gave this thing a, whole, a bunch of uh, red mushrooms. That's the gaming res." And out off screen, you could hear Adam yell, "Ha ha! I get it." Uh, I will say so. Like, there's also like there's like the main show, and then there's like an after show where they're just on the couch talking. Uh, it definitely feels like like Kevin Prayer is like the dad of the group, and they they like they they like nicely make fun of him, and there's like a nice rapport there. So mm-hmm. like. I think the show is going to be good and fun. So, like, if you're looking for like a nerdy variety show, uh, it's back and it seems to be as good as ever. That's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was definitely very messy, but like they they were like, "Wow, this is a piece of shit, isn't it?" Like, you know, kind of like joking with the audience because like it was their first show. It's live. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it is going to be live on Twitch and like go after on YouTube, so it's not going to be like its own TV thing anymore. So you gotta you gotta search for it if you want. It. They are on cable though. The good news is they are back on cable. Oh, they uh, are. They are. Yeah. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, there, it, there's an actual G4, G, G4 the channel, the exactly. cable channel is back, but they are doing stuff on YouTube. They're, I think they're more oh. focusing on online stuff because they yeah, had they definitely where you can like, watch G4 stuff. They were definitely like Twitch was like they're they were focusing on Twitch, like being live on Twitch. Ben, I don't yeah. have cable, and I'm sure everybody watching this doesn't have it either. I haven't <laughs> had cable in like since hey. I was like. <laughs> I don't have it either, but you can be damn sure I'm going to be subscribing to the X Play YouTube I channel can again. So guarantee I can watch you current episodes of X Play. Ninety percent of the people watching that show are not watching it on cable. No. They probably this generation. Saying, if, yeah, yeah. If, if but good for the them people, for good for them for yeah. keeping up with the times. Yeah, yeah. If you're sure. one of the few people who do have cable, you're good. <clears> but if you're one of the people who don't have cable, like the three of us, then thankfully there are other places to watch uh, G4. Right. Literally, again, I watched it live the premiere live so like i watched it before the television yeah. thing because that was yeah anyway uh i watched guardians of the galaxy 2 most not mostly but like they added like the imax thing so i was like oh i want to watch that again and that movie is still fun i watched half of civil war because i also still like that movie and i just started from the the uh airplane sequence and i just watched it on still like that movie a whole lot marvel's cool you but it's good you guys um i played a lot more no man's sky i'm still building my living bioorganic uh spaceship I am so close to finishing it. I need to find a Stargate to find the right planet to plant the seed to birth it. And it's really hard. It's the hardest thing to do. And I got to just find it. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about that I did was I played a lot of Halo, guys. Guys, let me tell you. I have been looking forward to you doing this. Halo is back. Uh, This is, without a doubt, the best Halo. This is only the multiplayer. The campaign comes out next month. But this is, without a doubt, the best Halo uh, that 343 Industries has made. It feels so good. Uh, I haven't pl- I haven't put that many hours into it, but it feels so good. Like I've I've seen people who who put dozens of hours saying like it could be one of the best, like with how good the gameplay is and how good the campaign is looking. Uh, now that it's like a cool open world thing, um, man, it like. I think they did a really big misstep in Halo 5. Like, they added, like, aim down sights, like Call of Duty. Like, they added sprinting. And they're still sprinting, so that's not really a problem. Like, Halo used to be really slow. And in the modern era, I don't think Halo can be as slow as it used to be back, like, in Halo 1 and 2. So, like, him going running fast is not a problem. Especially Um, now that we have the open world. 100%, yeah. Yeah. uh, And, like, and all the vehicles are so good. But, like, the core gameplay, it is so smooth. And all the maps are so good. And the way that you get weapons is great. Like, there's, like, random drop ordinance everywhere, so it's not, like, one-sided. Um... But like map, uh, like 
map knowledge is important because like like you know where the vehicles are and all these things like if you played halo before it is going to be like riding a bike uh there's obviously new weapons and like there is some new like new uh, quality of life stuff you know it's a 20 year old franchise but like let me tell you guys like i i um, i cheered out loud when there was a dude uh, across a chasm and i jumped to the to the chasm across but i didn't make the jump but with my grappling hook i lunged towards the guy and with an energy sword i killed him and i didn't fall in the pit and i was like no one was here to see this it's it's <laughs> it's like the gameplay of halo is so good and it like uh, i like all types of shooters like you know call of duty and battlefield are very fast time to kill like boom 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 like if you get seen you're dead the thing about Halo is like you gotta have some skill. Like you could you could almost be dead in Halo and still make a comeback with the right melee attack or something, right? Um, and I found out there's a lot of new people playing Halo. Turns out I'm awesome at Halo, you guys. I'm so good at Halo. Like this is the game that I was. This is the one shooter of all the ones that like I excelled at. I played it so much as a teen. Like so much Halo, it's insane. Um, multiplayer. So like the fact that it's back and it's good. The battle pass, it's okay. They're definitely working on the progression system. You um. You know, like old Halo, there was nothing to worry about. Like you just like you play the game, you weren't worried about it. But it is the 21st century, and it's all about customization and stuff. So they're leaning heavy in the customization, which is a thing I love. Uh, leveling up takes a really, really long time, and there's very specific challenges. Like, oh, kill five uh, five enemies with this type of weapon, or kill a banshee, kill a tank. Some maps don't have that stuff on them, so like you will just not get any experience on a map, and mm. that really that really sucks. Uh, so like, not then you play Fortnite, you still know how quickly you level up. so slow like i'm level like three i'm it's so slow and they've already said hey we're gonna change we're gonna make it better so like i'm looking forward to the changes over time but the core gameplay is so good like i uh i'm excited to play some more of it halo's back i really hope that campaign is better because i would love to play a good Halo game oh dude uh all all the early reports because um the multiplayer stuff is out now but a lot of the press got the first couple hours Mm -hmm. and they're saying it is it is excellent it is it is awesome uh i'm i'm so stoked uh Beyond excited. Books that that year that they took off, uh, they delayed it for an entire year was necessary. Also, uh, there was like Xbox 20th anniversary day. They released the game a month early, so like all that goodwill, like they got all that goodwill back. And the game is excellent. It's very, it's very polished. It's not buggy. Uh, on my case, um, it's a win. It's the it's the biggest win Halo's had since this company took over from Bungie. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's Love awesome. It. Love it. Uh, I'm, I'll bounce off of that by saying that I watched before I went on my vacation. I watched a lot of Halo videos. <laughs> I um, I was huge into Halo as a kid. Um, I have played all the games uh, except for Halo Wars. I never played the Halo Wars uh, games. So real uh, quick, Halo Wars Two introduces the villains of this game, the Banished. So I've only played Halo Wars One, but since Game Pass, I will now play Halo Wars Two to get the references. Right. So what I so what I did was I was like, you know, I actually don't quite remember the story that well of the Halo franchise, especially because four and five really complicate things. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna watch some videos and kind of recap what I did. And so I've watched four videos mm-hmm. all that were basically covering the same thing but had different details in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I heard about like the Halo Halo Wars two introduced the blah blah blah. I'm like, oh okay that's interesting mm-hmm. um and like i remember because it, it's been so long since i played the first three halo games like remembering some of those those things and and uh the the prophets and and all that and like yeah, why yeah, they yeah. attacked earth on and in halo 2 and it was like oh damn man halo rules it does um it does. i 
and I still really like the story of four. I, I, I still hold that. I like four a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, five. I wasn't as disappointed with people as people were because it, I, I knew going into it, what I was going to get. Uh, Cause I went into it a year after everyone else. So I wasn't quite as disappointed, but I definitely see its flaws. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get back into a good Halo game now that I actually want to play Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah. And you could just play it on your Xbox One. You yeah, I didn't even Xbox. need to get a new Xbox. Yeah. Uh, the thing, just like real quick, like that I realized, because uh, I also watched not a lot of videos, but I watched one specific lore video. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that made those original Bungie games so great is there's really great like atmosphere and world building and like lots of stuff, but it doesn't like, it's not overbearing like Star Trek, not the Star Trek yeah. stab, you know what I mean? It's a lot lighter. Uh, yeah. It's like a lighter sci-fi. So it's very digestible. Four and five add a lot of heavy lore and yeah. not all of it works. So it just, it kind of bogs down the really good stuff. Um, I think once you get to five, it becomes really a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's such a short game, but it's adding a lot more lore, and, and you're just and you're lost. And the stuff I respect, like they had stuff from the books and stuff that I respect, but like uh, they do it in a way where it's like you should know this stuff. And I'm like, not a lot of people read those books, homies. Right. For a, for a perfect example of that is that Master Chief has Blue Team in five, uh, which is his team from Reach. Yeah. And if you hadn't been reading the books or the comics. You just assume everyone on Reach died. No, there's like a whole team that survives and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and like when I'm when I'm playing Halo Five, and I didn't know that because I only played Halo Reach. I never read the books uh, yeah. or the comics. Uh, watching this video, they're like, uh, and here in this comic, Halo uh, Master Chief finds his blue team and they're alive and cool. I'm like, yeah. There's oh, like a damn. there's like a whole team like stuck in like an orb somewhere, and that's like the books, and then they get brought into the games, and I'm like, yeah. I, it's now it's too much. And now yeah. it's, it used to just be oh, flood or bad, cool. Uh, also, I just found out, like, I remember what the Flood were, and I was, it was wild. Flood, uh, the, man, flood are cool, too. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited for Halo Infinite. I'm looking forward to playing it, and re- I'm going to get Game Pass for it. Uh, yeah, so um, you can play multiplayer for free. If, like, you don't care about, like, the customization, you don't need the battle pass, the game is free to play. Uh, the campaign does cost full price, but that's, you know, that's a whole ass game. Yeah. Uh, I, might, I might start playing the, the, the multiplayer. I don't know. I want to get through Guardians of the Galaxy again first. I'm. I've also been itching a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I did start. I did restart it before I left, but I haven't picked it up since. It's I got why. Back. It, it's why I watched the yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy too. But like, yeah. I, I like those guys enough. Yeah. Um. But uh, I went on a vacation this week. The last week, the reason why I wasn't on here is because uh, for my thirtieth birthday, um, we were supposed to go to Orlando. My uh, fiance and I we were supposed to go to Orlando, and we, um, because uh, Ben and I. And a group of people would often go to Universal Studios for our birthdays because Ben and I's birthday is our day apart. Started as just the two of us, then we expand. Then we expand. Sometimes Sparks joins in because his birthday is close to ours as well. Um, and we uh, would we, we, do that. And so, like for for my thirtieth birthday, uh, my fiance wanted to do something really big. And so, like we were like, let's go to Orlando. Let's go to Universal Orlando. Um, then the pandemic happened, so it didn't happen. So for our thirty first for my thirty first birthday, we decided to go to Orlando, and uh, uh, so we went to uh, Universal Studios, both of their parks, Island of Adventure and Universal Studios, and uh, so much better than our park, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much better than our Universal Studios. Uh, for one, they're allowed to have roller coasters, and we're not. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get to, I'll get to some of my favorite attractions in a minute, but we also did. Uh, Walt Disney World. Um, we spent only an hour in Magic Kingdom, so I didn't, I couldn't say much about Magic Kingdom, uh, except that the Space Mountain is ass. The Space yeah, Mountain is terrible. Take that. Um, it ass was the Mountain. <laughs> ass Mountain, exactly. Um, 
And we did Hollywood Studios, which had Galaxy's Edge um, and a bunch of other things. We didn't spend a lot of time there because it started pouring. So, guys, we were there and we were like, it's a 10% chance of rain. We'll be fine. 10% chance of rain in, in, in California? That's nothing. No, no rain. rain. No rain. No rain. 10% chance of rain in Orlando means it's pouring the whole day. Florida, man. It's a swamp over there. And so we were, uh, so we couldn't really do a whole lot in Hollywood Studios. And that was a bummer because we didn't bring our jackets. Womp, womp, womp. We did have to buy a poncho. That's the picture of me in a poncho <laughs> on, on Instagram. Um, and uh, then we did, let's see, what's the, uh, the Epcot? We did Epcot. Um, it's fine. Epcot's boring, honestly. It's really old. It's There's not a lot to do there. Really, um, not yet. Fun. Not uh, yet. Epcot, yeah, true. There's a lot of cool stuff coming to Epcot, but pretty much like the few times I went to Epcot, I was only excited to go there so I can drink around the world. That was about it. And, and go to the Japan Pavilion and buy a bunch of stuff out of the Japan store because holy shit, that store is awesome. Yeah, I there was a $60 Godzilla shirt. I almost did it. But $60 Godzilla shirt, come on. Yeah. Um, and I went to Animal Kingdom, which I really loved. Um, I'd never been to Walt Disney World before in my life. Uh, so this was the first time going to all of these parks. Wow. Um, and it was really great. Um, I really had a great time. Galaxy's Edge, um, we did all three of the trackless rides that that Disney has built so far. Um, if you know anything about Rise of the Resistance um, here, that's a trackless ride. So it doesn't have a track. It's it's uh, It does its own thing. Um, and it's a feat it's a it's a technological feat of imagineering if you will um so they have the mickey's runaway railroad right that's what's called ben runaway railway runaway railway whatever oh boy. um that, it that's a trackless ride that was really cool uh sparks talked about that when he went there um a couple weeks ago and uh they have a ratatouille ride in epcot which is pretty cool um none of them beat rise of the resistance rise of the resistance is this is incredible it is pretty deep, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, we were on Rise of the Resistance, and there was a moment that I completely forgot, and it feels like you're falling. It actually feels like you're falling. It's oh, the same. Man. It's the same here. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same ride. Okay. Um, okay, hold on. Grayson <laughs> is in the chat. Hi, Grayson. <laughs> what the what dip? dip? Party foul. What's Mr. DNA doing in a Ghostbusters review? Happy to continue catching the show. Listen, you, you're Hello, crossing sir. streams or crossing uh, uh, genres, crossing so, franchises. Um, at So uh, the Universal Studios Islands of Adventure has a lot of Jurassic Park merch that we don't have. And one of them is a Mr. DNA shirt. That's uh, cool. Because they never... Change. They didn't change their Jurassic Park to Jurassic World like we did. So there's a still Jurassic Park. Yeah, there's a still Jurassic Park. That is the That's better the park. park. That is the better park, right? That is actually. I love their Jurassic like their Jurassic Park Island. I absolutely because yeah. that's cause remember when I went a few years ago and I showed you that certificate where I got to name a little baby raptor. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, saw the did, baby raptor. All, yeah, all we got here is just the the attraction. We don't have that the science center. We don't no, have so for for Indian Ryan for for Ryan. Um, the, you know the visitor center in Jurassic Park when they walk in for the first time? They have that at Islands of Adventure. Uh, they've recreated that. Yeah. Amazing. There's um, a restaurant on the top level, but on the bottom they have like the actual um, skeleton. Like the skeleton of the T-Rex and of the yeah. Triceratops. That's and too much. They... I couldn't handle that. Um, it's really wait, have... Have... wait, but do they have Jimmy Fallon? No. No. <laughs> Take that. That's at He's the a... other ride. That's He's at the him. other park where Jimmy Fallon it has a ride. 
Yeah. Oh no, we are no. I think we're better. <laughs> well, did you go on that ride, Brandon? Did you go on racing? I did go on that ride. I did go. Uh, what did you think of it? It's okay. Yeah, um. It's so, uh, at Islands of Adventure, they've also built the two new roller coasters. One is the Velocicoaster, um, which is uh, you. you I don't go on it. There's too many. There's too many spins, and you're upside down for too much of that ride. Where I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, but uh, I did do this other roller coaster, which is in Hogsmeade, which is Hagrid's Hagrid's Adventure Ride or whatever. It's 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 this Hagrid ride. At, Hagrid's Harry Houdini. That sure, that might as well be it. We did that. That's the only ride we did twice the entire the entire trip. Uh, it's incredible. It's the best roller coaster I've ever been on. Um, what you do is you sit in a, you have one person, you sit on a motorcycle, magical creatures, motorbike. There you go. Um, can you look at the, can you pull up the, uh, the, what the, what the cars look like? I will do my best. Yep. Um, so you sit in a motorcycle one of you sits in a motorcycle and the other one sits in the sidecar. Uh, if you could pull it up, let it load, let Let it it buffer, let Let it buffer. buffer. I don't think it's going to, it's not not going to zoom. No. It's not gonna zoom. Oh, I got. I'll make it by background. You just keep talking. Okay. Um. So, in it, in because one of you is on the motorcycle, it feels like you're moving with it, like you're actually riding the motorcycle. So it feels interactive, even though it's actually just That's a roller cool. coaster. That it's so incredible. Cool. It's incredible. Because yeah, when I saw you on Friday and you told me that they replaced the Dragon Challenge coaster with the magical yes. motorbike, it kind of made me sad because I loved the Dragon Challenge. Because when you walk through so the much Dragon better. Challenge, well, did you you didn't ride the Dragon Challenge? I rode the Dragon what? Challenge five times. Screw you. Wait, you Oh, that's right. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not there. kidding. I'm not kidding. I rode it no, five I remember, times. Yeah. Well, I'd like to because you walk through and you see like the Triwizard Tournament. You see the cup and everything, and you see the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> and you get and you walk by, you always yell, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? But yeah, you're right. I forgot you rode the Dragon Challenge. I love the Dragon Challenge, but you know what? I might change my mind if I ever go back to Universal Studios Hollywood. It's awesome. Um other than that, we also did the uh, yeah. There it is. Look at that. Look at that. So you so you see the motorcycle. Oh, that's cool. So you see you're on the motorcycle. It's awesome. Wee. Um. So so then that we also did the other new Harry Potter ride, which is the Gringotts Escape um, over in Diagon Alley. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's honestly, I was actually a little disappointed by it, and not because there was a snake, which I was not okay with, but. Um, that did hurt its chances with me loving it. Um, but it's it's just kind of a... I don't know what it's kind of like. You, have you guys been on the, the, the Harry Potter ride here? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that, but you're in like a roller coaster instead. instead oh, of like oh no, I've been, I, I rode the Gringotts ride before. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, the Hagrid ride, though. And, and uh, riding on the Hogwarts Express is really fun. Uh, they have a little show during the Hogwarts Express. Um, uh, yo, is that, there, yo, is there a big dragon that breathes fire? That is oh, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's real. Like every every yeah. fifteen minutes, you can hear anywhere in Diagon Alley, you hear this this guttural growl, and then the dragon will breathe fire on top of Green Gods. It's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. We also watched the uh, they they have a show at Diagon Alley where they do like the. The, the Helga Hufflepuffs of the whatevers. No, what's it called? Um, Tales of the Beetle and the Bard. Um, oh. Tales of the Beetle and the Bard. They do like the 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 three brothers story. They have like the puppets oh. from that story oh, in the cool. movie. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They got like um, the the with the the expensive wand shit with the stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Zara bought a wand. <clears throat> um, 
Um, I but at 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 uh, Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World, I decided to put my uh real quickly grace and chat in the chat again um yeah of course there's a real dragon there my mom only needed to in a few months oh my god oh my god um i decided to put my name into the to the wait list for building a lightsaber at savvy's workshop i've been trying to do that for a while now at our park and so i yeah i had some birthday money and i was like yeah whatever Hell probably yeah. not gonna happen and then they called me and i was like oh my god i can do this <laughs> um so the savvy's workshop is really cool um i'm not gonna say a lot about it because i think people should experience it um it's a lot of money but honestly the experience makes it worth it um it really is immersive and does make you feel like a jedi and here is my lightsaber <laughs> nice my, audio listeners it looks dope my beautiful lightsaber um they they help you through it they have a they help you they help you through building it kind of um the does it come with like a like a thing the yeah the, the blades over there though i don't want to okay, go get yeah, it yeah. no yeah I was, I was curious um yeah it does come with a blade that you have to put in and then they like whatever um and you get to pick your kyber crystal um that when when you first activate your blade it honestly feels like magic uh <laughs> it's awesome um i was really excited about that uh another so another one of my favorite things that i did uh because i don't want to talk about like the, the my favorite things i did was um the born stuntacular which is a stunt show that they have at universal studios that we don't have and um, that's so <laughs> shitty yeah we got water world did but this is so much better we got water world. Did replace fear factor it replaced t2 it replaced terminator oh, it, it replaced terminator yeah no so much better so much better than terminator to be fair like i'll give you terminator here because minions replaced it um (laughs) but like terminator there was replaced by the born stuntacular and what they do is they use the void if that the mandalorian uses like it's the same tech that you know we we call the mandalorian tech but it's the void and they have sets that move with it and the actors can interact with the sets and it's this really cool stunt show where uh it's awesome i, I was blown away my mind my, my mouth was agape the whole time watching it okay. i love it super okay. cool i just highly to... recommend people doing that all right well at least i got to go i got to see the terminator show once before it was officially gone gone because I, I remember when i went back to orlando or i went to orlando the first time my the family I was with, we went on Terminator because I mentioned like, hey, they got rid of Terminator back in California and replaced it with freaking minions. And we're like, oh, that's a shame. Let's just go on Terminator then. And we went on Terminator. Yeah, Terminator is cool. This is better. I believe okay. it. I man, I just like that they use like live, like real actors, and they just like were dubbing the lines. They're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I love it. It's so dumb. They still, they still do that. They still kind of have the similar thing because it's the actors are stunt actors. Oh, are they being? Are they being born? Jason Bourne. Yeah, but it's oh, not okay. Matt Damon. Like it's clearly not Matt Damon because they have pictures of him and they kind of do try to hide his face, but they're not. They're not trying to pretend that you're watching Matt yeah, Damon yeah. on the screen. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ben is breaking up. Oh, there I you am. are. We're back. Yeah, you're breaking okay. up a bit, Ben. Oh yeah, because on my end, you guys are breaking up too, so it's probably it's probably me. It's, no, it's uh, you. Well, no, no, I was. <laughs> what I was trying to say earlier was the one thing I'll give our Universal Studios over um, Florida's is that we're getting our Super Nintendo Land first because they're gonna get theirs eventually, but we're gonna yeah. get ours first, and normally that never happens. So part of me is like, ha, I don't have to fly three thousand miles. I could just go up the. I could just go to Hollywood and go see Nintendo stuff. 
I yeah, currently yeah. bet when uh, Florida gets theirs, it's probably going to be 10 times better. Well, the, what's cool about the Nintendo Worlds is that we're not getting the same rides. Um, oh, yeah. Every Nintendo World will have different rides. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we're doing, we did that at, um, Disneyland is doing that with uh, one of their lands. Uh, I don't oh, remember Avengers which Campus? one. Avengers Campus, right. Yes, Avengers Campus, when they get it there, is going to have different rides than the, what we have. So like, it, the idea for both Nintendo World and Avengers Campus is that when you go to the different parks, you will have a different experience. Oh, I thought we were going to get the same rides. Here There's one ride that we get. There's one that we'll get that that they have there. I'm assuming it's, but, the, it's the Mario Kart one because that's got to be like that's yeah. the showstopper. I think that oh, I think that's getting... the one, and then we're getting a different ride than the one they have. Aww. I was kind of looking forward to Yoshi, but whatever we're getting after, whatever the, I'm pretty sure it's I'm gonna love it. Let's be real. To go to, go to Tokyo. <laughs> um, anyway. just, trust me, it's on the list. I uh, was kicked off of three rides. Um, sorry, almost kicked off of three rides. Kicked off of one uh, for being too big. Mm. Um, uh, mummy almost kicked me off, but then they were like, "That's fine." Um, <laughs> and uh, Space Mountain should have kicked me off because I was not in that seat. Um, but it's they were terrible. Um, but I got kicked off of the Pandora ride, the best ride in, in Avatar Land. Pandora, I got kicked off of um, because the 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 thing wouldn't latch, and I was very upset. But the day was saved. Because we went on the safari in Animal Kingdom, and I got to see a real life giraffe, and I've never seen one before. I was so happy. Have you never been to a zoo before? Uh, not that I can remember. Okay. Uh, awesome. I won't. I won't say no because <laughs> my parents took me to a lot of theme parks when I was a kid, when I was like okay. a like a little kid. Sure, sure. But sure. in my memory, I don't have any memories of a zoo outside of like Sea World. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and there's no um, giraffes. No, there's no trash at SeaWorld. Not after, the first, not after the first one. <laughs> one and done, baby. Yeah, that's um, what I learned. Um, Did you see uh, any but, of them do their crazy neck thing when they're like, whoop-pow! Oh, when they're fighting? No, I didn't yeah. see any of them fighting. <laughs> um, so Safari Ride is really cool because you actually see the animals in what is basically their natural habitat. There's no, like, gates or anything like that. It's just them wandering freely. Uh, I got close enough to touch a baby white rhino. You're not supposed to. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. um and it was adorable uh the drafts were awesome they're my favorite animals i was so excited to see them i saw gorillas um the the thickest crocodile you've ever seen in your life yeah. <laughs> um and they have a they have a ride there of the movie dinosaur which is shocking um that anybody remembers that movie i love hey i love that ride i absolutely adore it's a that good ride. ride it's basically indiana jones yeah, it's, it's um, Indiana Jones. It's the exact same ride style as Indiana Jones, but with dinosaurs. What's the yeah. boulder? Uh, uh, the a t- like a Car- t- Carnotaurus? Yeah, I think that's it. That makes sense. It's the one with the horns. It's a smaller mm. T-Rex, but with the horns on it. Carnosaurus. Yeah, so they... It's a great time. I had a wonderful time. I'm really excited I got to do it. Hell yeah, I'm glad. I don't really want to say... Don't, I don't want to take up too much time just talking about that. Um, but I loved it. Um, happy to be home, though. I'm sick. I got sick in Orlando. That's it's unfortunate. Them, came back. Floridians. Yeah. Came back with a, a ton of souvenirs that I, I will probably show off on my Instagram stories. Um, so, yeah. Well, I how's that food blog coming, coming along for you? Oh, yeah. Blandon. <laughs> Why My fiance. My fiance was is a she does this she has a food blog um, Instagram and so she'll, she'll take pictures of 
uh, drinks or food or whatever. Um, sometimes she'll, but a lot of times she'll take pictures of drinks because she's also uh, marketing the reusable cup cozies that she makes uh, for other, for her craft by Z business link in the description to buy some masks. Thanks for that. Um, so I was, so I pretended to take a picture of my drink, of my hot chocolate. And I was like, you know, I should start a food, food blog. And we came up with the idea of calling it instead of Brandon, Blandon, um, because, uh, you know, I'm super bland. So I would take pictures of like popcorn, hashtag Blandon, hot chocolate, hashtag Blandon. Uh, fun. I had a good time. <laughs> Ran that joke into the ground. All right. Listen, it's. It's what it says it is. Right? Blandon. <laughs> like, man, that's just a cup of coffee. That's just a cup of hot chocolate, all right. That's that's just oh, a no bucket of popcorn. No sprinkles. No whipped hey, cream. I I would be if Brandon, when you and I go to Universal when a Super Nintendo Land opens and you don't bring back Blandon, I'm going to be a little upset. I'm not gonna do it again. It, the the joke is done. The joke is oh, done. Man. A piece of toast. Uh, <laughs> there was one there was one where i had like a a, a pork belly glazed in chocolate sauce with the white chocolate vin white with fries mm. and i was like it's too fancy for blandon i got fries sounds pretty faint no that sounded you said some big words there uh we got we had to so they tore down our hard rock cafe in universal city walk their city walk is so much better by the way um a universal city walk and are currently building for the past three years a toothsome which is a chocolate, which is a chocolate restaurant that, but they don't just do chocolate though. Uh, we got to go there for my birthday dinner. It was really good. See, you know, Brandon, they might have the better theme park, but it's also in Florida. It's also in Florida. So uh, who really wins here? Yeah. The thickest crocodile in the world wins. I don't need it to be in California. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm happy here. No crocs here. Um, yeah. I had a great time though. I'm really excited. Uh, I, I can't wait till I can go back. I hope it's on another 10 years. Um, all right, but I did do some things when I got home. Um, like I said, I was sick, so I didn't do a whole lot. So I don't want to talk too much about it. I watched, I, I read a comic book, one comic book. I read one comic book. Um, on the plane, I read my copy of the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard. I'm going through that again. I'm about halfway done. So I'll talk about that when I'm done. Um, but I read the dark Knights of steel by Tom Taylor and, uh, art by even Ivan. Oh, did I, Ivan? Oh, I, I think I missed that one. Shit. I think I, I forgot the artist's name. I'm so sorry. It's okay. You're good. Awesome. I really like the first issue. Uh, I like Tom Taylor in general, but I was I definitely wanted to be like I just wanted to check this one out real quick. Um, it's super cool. I really liked it. It's the the DC universe in medieval times. Kind of kind of ticking a lot of boxes for me. Tick tick. Um, I watched uh, the first episode of Star Trek Discovery came out uh, this week. I, I forgot I watched two, I watched something. I literally watched it before the podcast. <laughs> What'd you watch? I watched I watched the I watched one episode of the Cowboy Bebop animated show and then immediately after it I watched the first episode of the live action Cowboy Bebop show. Um what? I think I think uh I've seen some pretty bad scenes online and those are bad. I think the first episode is pretty good. Mm. Uh I think it's fun. But I've also seen that like the director of the first episode is like a really high class like director who's done like a lot of the Netflix shows and like HBO stuff. Uh -huh. And then the rest of the season is not him anymore. So I could see where some of the bad stuff comes in. But this first episode, I think it's cool. I, it does not need to be an hour long. I definitely yeah. feel the length in the first episode already. But um, everybody's bringing it. 
and I I won't say it works all the time, but it does feel like a live action anime that does work. Um, I I question how long it could last, considering again the hour I think is a problem. Yeah. That more along the lines of what some of like the critics that I'm like I agree with like I agree with these critics I agree with that critic. That's more along yeah. the lines of what I've heard. Yeah. Um, outside of the huge storm of of uh, yeah. shit storm I, that came out of it, I I definitely feel. Um, I, I can't, I won't say it's great. Like yeah. it definitely, it definitely has a, like, it's weird. Cause like, it's definitely high budget, but it has like a low budget feel in a way, sure. almost kind of like the Witcher. Um, but like, uh, it, it's good. Like everyone's, everyone's bringing it for sure. Um, I'll watch, I'm going to watch more of it. Hopefully it's, it's, it, if it stays this good, I won't be mad. I watched it. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah. so I watched the, well, I've started watching Cowboy Bebop, the, uh, anime again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so I just had to refresh my memory. Awesome show. Um, I watched the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm going to talk about it with Michael Carls and the Downright from the Downright Nerdy Podcast this week. Uh, so nice. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I just thought it was a really solid first episode. Um, introduced some cool new characters that I hope uh, are actually characters by the end of the season because that show has a character problem. Mm. Um, but Odette Fair is back, and that's already a plus. Um, okay. It set up some good emotional stakes and a good and an intriguing mystery. So I'm I'm hopeful that the season will continue to be just as fine as the first three. Um, I did I did see the Star Trek friends I have online say they also like the first episode, so that's good yeah. to hear. Um, I watched the Shang Chi Assembled episode that dropped uh, on Disney Plus Day. Um, oh. Of all the Assembled episodes, I think this is the best. And has knocked the Falcon and the Wood Soldier one from two second. Because surprisingly, <gasps> surprisingly, the worst MCU uh, uh, Disney Plus show has the best assembled episode. Nice. Okay. Um, but the Shang-Chi one is really cool. Um, it really feels like Simu Liu was trying to guide it on his own. To try to be like, you know, we got to talk about the stunt people. We got to talk about the pandemic. We got to talk about the, uh, the, the effects. We got to talk about blah, blah, blah. And like he was... It, you feel like he had a real had a passion for making this as candid and nuanced as he possibly could while still, you know, it's, they're all Disney puff pieces, but this didn't feel like it was, it really felt like you were watching a proper documentary about a movie. Um, I really liked it. I, I, if you like that movie, I recommend that assembled episode. I did not watch that, but I did watch the corridor crew special effects breakdown with its with its special effects supervisor. That's also worth a watch if you want to see how cool all that bus shit was made and stuff. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, that was really neat. I also saw the Dune episode, and that was fun. Yeah, the spice was slow. Um, I also watched... The, all, all five episodes are out. I don't think that's the whole season, but uh, five episodes of Jeff Goldblum, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, are out mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. They they dropped for Disney+. Plus Day. I talked about that show when I, when the season one, when I finished season one. I really like that show. It's one of my favorite shows, bar none. Um, Jeff Goldblum is super charismatic to watch and he brings this kind of childlike wonder to science that I think is really refreshing. Um, He looks at a dog and he's like, what's the scientific explanation for why we like that dog? Why do we like cute things? Why, what's the scientific explanation for why we like to be afraid or like magic? And he like talks to Penn and Teller Um, Penn looking very old, but very good for his age. Um, Teller also like they, they look, they look really good for their age. Mm -hmm. Um, Is Penn the one who doesn't talk or 
Because I Teller, I Teller is the one who doesn't talk. Teller's the one. Who, okay, yeah, because I know who they are. Because I would, I sometimes would catch their show like Fool Us, Pen Teller Fool Us. Mm-hmm. Like I literally little... watched watched some of that like on YouTube like a couple days ago. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so because I was just like, I know who you're talking about, but I forgot who was who. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have recognized Pen. He doesn't look anything like he used to. Yeah, he's um, thin, he's he's thinned himself out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks good though. Yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I really like that show. It's it, it. I think it offers a lot of value in like, you know, if you ever, you know, you don't really think about why you like a dog or why you like ice cream, but, but Jeff Goldblum offers this idea of like, if you want to know the scientific explanation or the historical context for it, this is the show for you. And um, he doesn't shy away from anything. And I think that's really cool and really valuable. I really like that show. Love it. Um, and I am done. That's it. Cool. <laughs> Um, shall we get into our bread and butter then? Let's do it. Yum, 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 yum. We shall. It was funny watching you guys. I watched you guys live for a bit while I was at the park last week. Um, and Ben, uh, puts out, uh, played the, played the bread and butter theme and I could see the relief in his eyes of playing it right. And then played it again. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally played it twice. That was funny. I was like, <laughs> um, all right. So we got some casting news up top. Ooh! Avatar The Last Airbender live action show. It's still happening. No matter it what is still say. happening. And it's getting a pretty good cast. It's true. Bad, good people are in bad things. Yeah. <laughs> Lim K. Siu is going to play Gatso, um, who was the air nomad who looked after Aang uh, before he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ken, Ken Lung. Is going to play Commander Zhao. We all know Ken Lung. What was he from? Shoot, I blanked. On, I'm blanking on all of his things that I that I know him from. He was he was uh, Karnak in the Inhumans. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Um, Paul Sun Huang Li, who played uh, who was the the Opa uh, Appa in uh, Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in uh, Star Wars uh, Mandalorian mm-hmm. a couple times. He was um, a pilot. He's going to be Uncle Iroh. That's <gasps> and oh that's pretty God, damn so... good yeah that's 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 what i was like oh man the writing can't be that bad right right <laughs> Cast is real so good. This, is, this is looking real good yeah yeah um i didn't know yeah. oh my god i'm so excited now <laughs> i really i'm really happy that the cast of kim's kim's convenience is doing well after what happened with that show because i think it's really shitty um yeah. that the only white character in that show got the spinoff and none of them did um yeah did you guys hear about that there's a so there's a white girl on that show who was dating simu liu's jung um and she when the show was canceled she got spun off and none of them did well guess what he's a marvel superstar now so he's a marvel superstar i'm really happy to see this cast doing well obviously simu is shang chi and now uh this guy is uncle iroh um, I, I don't. I can't. Rem- I can't remember. I know you just said a few minutes ago, but I can't. Rem- I also probably couldn't pronounce it. But Appa is not only in Star Wars, and I hear he's going to be appearing more in Star Wars. But mm-hmm. uh, now he's Uncle Iroh, which is one of the most influential characters in that show. Just warms my heart because he would pull off a great Uncle Iroh. Yeah, and I'm really he's going. Excited. And he's going to. Hell yeah! Oh, Look, yeah, you know what? That the show cast is good. <laughs> That that show, oh, 
just just seeing this cast makes me it's like i'm still a little cautious but at the same time like i want to see uncle iroh listen now that now that bebop is out and it's not a total dumpster fire it might my alleviation my stress is a little less yeah i'm kind of feeling the same way uh the casting the casting has been really good uh and it's gotten me to the point where i'm like i'll give the first episode a watch honestly i'll probably get like the first few I'll definitely give the first few because even with the original show, you definitely picks up after a few episodes. Yeah, but you know if something's bad after you like you could feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You could feel True. it. If if there was no potential in Avatar The Last Airbender, you wouldn't have given it those other those other se- those other episodes. Very true. Very true. Blade, spoilers for Eternals, hot off as Eternals debut. Um Blade <laughs> has some casting of his, for his movie. Delroy Lindo, uh, who was recently in The Five Bloods. Uh, has been cast and Ryan you said he could be Whistler and I think that's pretty cool yeah uh, well I'm just thinking like we got our first casting announcement for Blade and then we got mm-hmm. our second announcement which is an older gentleman so like my mind immediately goes to the mentor role Um, obviously he could be literally anybody but like my first sign says oh he needs a mentor why not make it Delray Lindo who's awesome uh, in the comics Whistler is originally black and then they did a movie thing or they made him white, whatever. Uh, but you just bring him back to the comics, baby. He could be a black guy. That's great. Uh, and his name wasn't Whistler either. That's also a new invention. One of the honestly, Blade is really is a really interesting uh, artifact for Marvel because it, the synergy for Blade honestly made the character better. Yeah, uh, man, it's it's super interesting because yeah, before before Blade, uh, he definitely was a not like. Blade's always been mature, but he definitely became a little more like '90s edgy after the movie came out. Yeah, uh, like he's like involved with like Michael Morbius and all that stuff. Like Morbius turned him into the half vampire man. Like that's yeah. that's that's man. If that's the future of Marvel, if those guys team up, that'd be sick. It's uh, really interesting that like the Blade film is a very radical reinvention of that character uh, from the comics, and then the comics yeah. were just like, that's okay. Actually, let's yeah. do that again. No, let's do that really- here. Yeah, like in the 70s, he's like a disco man. So like, yeah. it's, it's, it is a cool reinvention. And then it would be nice to like, oh, we can go back to its roots a little bit too. Um, mm-hmm. While still keeping like the cool edginess. Uh, man, Blade, Blade is cool. He's like an Avenger now. Like, sick. sick Blade, Blade is coming to the MCU. Blade is here, actually. He's, he's technically, Sun. he's here. <laughs> Star Midnight Wars Sun. Ahsoka. Yeah, Midnight Suns is coming. Uh, Star Wars Ahsoka. The new uh, Ahsoka TV series, spinning off of The Mandalorian, has found its Sabine, finally. Oh, Brandon. Natasha Louis, Lou, Lee, sorry, Natasha Liu Bordizzo has been cast. I don't know who this actress is, but Sabine is here, finally. I, I love Rebels. A Me lot. Too. Me too. I, I and like, uh, like, it's just really cool. It's really cool. I'm really excited. Uh, I know with, there's some there's some talk about like is this the best casting for this character and stuff like that. I'm like I I I'm not one to say, uh, honestly. Um, I'm just man, I love Rebels. That's like that's like my favorite like animated Star Wars thing. So like the fact that like it's coming coming to, it's coming to fruition. Like Thrawn stuff's probably gonna happen. Like all this shit maybe is like Ezra. Like it's cool. Well, we hear, we have rumors. I, I we didn't bring this up because these were rumors, but the and they still haven't been corroborated by any like official source. But mm-hmm. uh, supposedly the kid who played Aladdin in the Guy Ritchie film is Ezra. Yes, that was yeah, and he honestly looks perfect, which makes yeah. sense. Um, also give that guy work. That'd be nice. Yeah, seriously. And um, like there's talk about like Lars Mikkelsen coming back to play Thrawn in live action. Um, 
That'd be perfect. He, he's he's old and perfect and perfect. His voice. Is I heavy, I, I think Re- I think it Star Wars Ahsoka became that whatever that Rebels sequel series was going to be. I think this what this is it. It makes sense. Um, it's <laughs> it's so crazy because like you know I it's I don't know if I initially would say I want my Rebels sequel to be live action, but you know yeah. it's, it's happening. We're here and like after Mandalorian, I'm like oh man, it's a reality now. So like it's it's really cool, man. At this point, I'm just happy to see these characters again. Absolutely, um, yeah. Just waiting for that tomorrow Morrison coming back as Captain Rex. Ooh, I ooh, ooh. keep the dream alive. Let's do it. I want it. I need it. I need yeah. tomorrow Morrison and that beard. All right. I wonder. I wonder. I don't. I, I wonder. He's got to be right. No, I I I want it to be. I just don't know if that's if that's one too many for them. You know what I mean? For Star Wars. Go all the way, man. Freddie Prince Jr. comes back as Force goes for um, oh. uh, Kanan. Oh, we got now. We got to stop this. <laughs> I will never <laughs> stop. I will not be stopped. God, Freddie's had enough. Um, all right, comics, comic book news. Um, Aquaman Woo! is coming. Um, we kind of saw a tease about this a little, a little, a little while ago, but yeah. uh, Aquaman: The Becoming and the Black Manta series that are currently out is going to spin off into a new ongoing series called Aquaman. Yeah, Black Manta! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> written by Chuck Brown with our uh, written by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas with art yeah. by uh, Sami Basri. Yeah, uh, it's basically just a team of all the Aquaman characters. It's just a team book. Yeah, it's great, man. I, I, everyone was just talking about like, yeah, we have like a Flash family, we got like a Batman family. There's all, there's plenty of Aqua people. The yeah. Aqua books are thriving right now. I got Aquaman the Becoming right over here. I couldn't find it. Uh, great, man. More Aquaman. Brandon Thomas is doing such good shit right now at DC. Um, man, I just I'm excited. I love Aquaman's in a good place. We got that movie coming out. Good stuff. I'm so excited for that movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Suicide Squad is also in a good place with the Suicide Squad Blaze coming out. It's a three-issue miniseries coming from Simon Spurrier with art by Aaron Campbell. Ooh. I'm getting a little I know it's I know it's a miniseries, and I know just getting to 100 issues is like a year years away, but man, it would have been so awesome if Suicide Squad Blaze went to got to issue 420. <laughs> oh, man. 420 uh, is, that's like, that's that's I like know. 25 years of comic books, buddy. I know, I know it's but it would have been worth it. No, hey, I I like marijuana fine. I get it. You know what? Maybe issue three lands on what would have been the 420th issue of Suicide Squad. You know how they do like the Captain Marvels where it's like they just yeah, add yeah. all the series together? True, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Keep the dream alive, Ben, even though you're yeah. ridiculous. I'll keep it rolling. I know. That's why you guys love me. I'm I'm stupid like this. I love you because you're stupid. Tell me about this blaze it up, please. I'm going to read the description because I... Who will say it better than me? Than them. The attacks begin without warning. Brutal, sudden, cannibalistic. A metahuman with all the power of Superman, but none of his humanity. An unstoppable being ruled only by hunger and instinct. Striking at random across the world. To stop the threat, Harley Quinn, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark have been assigned to corral nursemaid and necessary execute five deadly new recruits the expendable products of a secret government procedure called blaze they're ordinary prisoners endowed with incredible power and the certain knowledge that it'll burn through them like wildfire they have six months to live maximum if you're staring down life in prison maybe that's a good deal especially if you're michael van zant desperate to reunite with the mad lover who forsook 
you who forsook you after your Bonnie and Clyde crime spree. Okay, yeah. so the thing about this book, uh, uh, so uh, uh, Simon Spurrier, also for some reason he sometimes goes by Cy Spurrier, uh, who wrote Way of X, which is a book I read this week. Uh, terrific, terrific guy. He just did a Hellblazer uh, uh, miniseries that was for the Sandman was, universe. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't finish, but is excellent. Um, and this, like, it this is like he's doing that both Suicide Squad. Like the idea of this threat is so massive, we don't want to lose our actual Suicide Squad, so we have to make a new Suicide Squad. And they are so strong and powerful uh, that they, they, they die in six months. And, like, who who will say yes to this? And it's following those people. And that mm -hmm. is fascinating to me. Because, like, Harley Quinn's not going to die. She's, you know, she's the most popular character in the universe right now. And she's like, cool, I'll let all these people die. Like, the morality behind that is, like, super messed up. And I'm like... It's only three issues, so like um, I'm 100% on board. I think this is. I didn't say specifically, but I do think this is black black label. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think they're um, gonna be like those like bigger sized issue things. Yeah, if this is black label and it's out of continuity, they could kill Harley Quinn. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they if they would. I, they could. I yeah, my mind tells me no, but like that would be sick. Yeah. A little bit of preamble on this one because I tw I tweeted a couple of days ago. Um, boy, I really hope that Spider Gwen gets a new series soon because I miss her. Uh, I miss her series. The last series ended with an interesting cliffhanger, and I'm looking forward to it wrapping up mm. her own series. Mm. And the monkey paw curled <laughs> because the next day, Marvel announced Gwenverse mm -hmm. by Tim Seeley with art by Jody Nishijima. Well, see, Brandon, if you read the Gwen Stacy miniseries that was coming out, this is th that directly led up to this event. So, like, you're the biggest Gwen Stacy fan. You should have known this was coming. This is coming. We saw this coming. Tim Seeley told us he forsooth it. The Gwen Stacy miniseries is that? Yeah, there's, there's a Gwen Stacy miniseries. Yeah, there's a Gwen Stacy book that was coming out, and it literally it was in the the, the Gwen Ventures was brought up in that miniseries. Megan was reading it downstairs. That's how I read it. Interesting, because I remember reading the the go. I read all of the Ghost Spiders. I didn't know there was a Gwen Stacy series. No, this series. was recent. This is like literally like like this year or last year. I'll have to look that up. I'm sorry, I didn't I miss that. No, it's I, okay. I thought yeah, I caught is, it all. No, this is yeah. It, it's just it's not it's just Gwen Stacy as a lady. So it's just a regular story. <laughs> oh, it's just it's, so it's just like six one six Gwen Stacy. It's not Spider Gwen. Yeah, it's not Spider Gwen. Oh, but, okay. But but that's the point is that right. leads into this story. So this has been already lit, lit up. Got it. Okay. Well, this is Spider-Gwen going through this Tim Seeley yeah. um, series. This is going to be a five-issue miniseries. Um, I, I really, I wanted to, I, wa I want, the story I want is the one that continues off of where she's been kicked off of her 65 by uh, Sue and Johnny Storm. Uh, and so she comes back to her 65 to, to save the Bodega Bandit because he needs it. Um, I, I, I miss that. I miss her 65 a lot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but this is this is the quick synopsis of this one. When Gwen Stacy was bitten by a radioactive spider, she gained arachnid-like superpowers and started a crime-fighting career as Spider-Woman, or as she's affectionately known to her peers, Ghost Spider. She's Ghost Spider in 616. Um, but what would have happened if instead she had picked up the enchanted hammer, Mjolnir, or if she received the super soldier serum uh, or built a high-tech suit of armor, or you get the idea. Find out in this new five-issue miniseries by Tim Seeley and Jody Nashjimi as Ghost Spider tumbles through time and comes face to face with herself. So, this sounds like a book we're going to talk about <laughs> coming up soon as well. How funny is that? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, I'm more interested in that other one, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I uh, Tim Seeley uh, doesn't really do a lot for me um, as a yeah. as a writer. He's okay. Um, 
I'll probably I'll pick this up because I have all of the the Ghost Spider issues. Um, so I'll, I'll I'm curious to know where this will end because again I'm still waiting for that new Ghost Spider series to get yeah, her back yeah. to 65. But she's very popular in 616 right now. She's shown up in every crossover. Um, yeah, uh, I yeah that's she her inception was cool and then just like every new cool character I think I they milked her too much for me. Yeah. Uh, she's just now just like, oh, I'm just now here in the universe like everyone else. I'm like, oh, they're not special anymore. That's cool. Yeah, that, that, I totally get that. I, I like her a lot when she's on her 65 because yeah. I like her side characters. I like uh, that universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like how they're able to reinvent the characters that we know. But when she's here, in, when she's not here, when she's in 616, it's just she's just another spider. Yeah. Um, that's that's so, the problem that Miles had for a long time when they brought him into 616 too. Yeah um but i hear that's changed i heard i heard oh, his yeah. current title is really good yeah he's he's been fine for a couple years now but the other title that we're talking uh, we're alluding to is what if miles morales which is coming uh it will answer the question what if miles morales followed in the footsteps of a, of a marvel hero other than spider-man the first issue will be written by cody ziegler with art by paco medina and we'll see him take on the mantle of captain america uh and a new version of miles uh and a new creative team will happen every issue i I really like this creative team a lot. Uh, I like the writer and Paco Medina's art is super duper. Um, I, I, it's a cool what if, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm also going to read this one either, though. Yeah, I get that. Like, the, like, Miles Morales is not the first character I think of when I'm like, who would be Captain America? Like, obviously they read a story for it, but like, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not for me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, honestly, when you're, when you kind of do the thing of like, this legacy hero belongs to someone else now yeah. um, because they're, it, I don't know if it's like, you're, it's so hard to see them be someone else's legacy uh, because their origin is so intrinsically tied to the, to that character. Yeah. Um, it is, it is. I think weird. the thing for me is because like, because like, I, like, you know, what if Spider-Man became the Punisher? Like they're contemporaries. Whereas like, what if a guy from 2010 was a guy from 1942? Then I'm like, why, how does that work out is what yeah. I'm questioning. Like you really had to figure a scenario where like Miles Morales, the second Spider-Man is in 1942 or he's a super soldier now. And it's like, well, he, uh, he's a super soldier now. It would be like the Sam Wilson taking over. Okay. So he's the, he's the, he's the legacy of, of Captain America. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of like a completely alternate world. Like he's in like 1940 or something. Oh yeah. No, not that. It'd be weird oh, okay. though. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it, it could be cool. Maybe yeah. not. March 2022 is when that comes out. Mm -hmm. And then uh, finally, comic news: Dark Horse has regained the Star Wars license. Uh, the all ages Star Wars license, I should say. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, IDW, no, as we know, IDW does not have the Star Wars all ages license anymore. Um, they're wrapping up everything now. Dark Horse has picked it up, and uh, an interesting. Uh, bit of fate um, and that's basically that's basically it uh, they're going to produce all ages books for Star Wars again um, okay. that's kind of cool you know back back home with Dark Horse that, that is because they because before Disney got the rights back Dark Horse was it. the home for Star Wars comics right yeah yeah. yeah. it's yeah. just it's so weird that like it flip-flopped for like not that long mm -hmm. I guess yeah. they tried it out and they were just like maybe like oh we don't know what we're doing or like we just don't want to do this anymore like maybe yeah. it's like an avenue they were just like actually you could have it back we don't need this one I wonder if they pitched it to them because the IDW uh, uh, 
contract was running up mm-hmm. um because idw is known for doing kids comics like they do all ages mm-hmm. comics pretty regularly and dark horse doesn't really yeah um so i wonder if they saw an opportunity to be like let's get into the all ages game and let's tell marvel that we're interested and maybe we'll get star wars and make that a whole thing hey man as long as those books come out and those kids can read them yeah yep. we could be in a situation where dark horse could publish marvel all ages books too good more more because IDW was publishing the Marvel characters for all ages books, right? Yeah, they were publishing the all ages books for. Yeah, they also they had like, like the art books too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse has a lot of yeah because they're the ones who because you can't see it, but they have they make a bunch of the Zelda encyclopedias and the Marvel. No, I was talking like, Marvel publishes big, absolute art books oh, from IDW. Oh, oh, oh that okay. Yeah, yeah they're all the right. ones putting out like those like Captain Marvel like kids kids books and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of Marvel, though, uh, Scarlett Johansson is apparently developing a top secret Marvel something. No, she's not. Kevin, I came from Kevin Feige himself. I'm sure it did. Even though they had a falling out. No. So here's what I here's what I think it has been. Uh, Is there any more news in that than she's just she's working on? No. Kevin Feige was talking at some award show and he said and he said this was happening uh, and that's all. So here's what I think. I think that they want to be in Scarlet's good graces after all this streaming nonsense. Yeah. So they're giving her a bunch of money with an executive producer name on the next Marvel movie. And she's literally going to have nothing to do with it because why would she? Like, seriously, she's an actress. She's not a producer. Like, why, why, why would she have any input on the next Ant-Man movie or something? You know, whatever the big Marvel movie is. Like, yeah. to me, this seems like straight up she's an executive producer. <laughs> I, the, the weird thing is that, sorry, I, I, totally blank but there was another bit and he said it was unrelated to black widow and I, that's what i that's why i mean I, like if anything she would be part of black widow yeah like i don't understand like you could have just told us he's she's doing it we just assumed that you just announced that elena belova was something like she's getting a she's getting a movie or a tv show and scarlett johansson was was part of that or some and, way and again like if anything like you know when when these actors become part of their characters like they like to get involved with producing and stuff like that. i get that she's not working on a black widow movie yeah who is the character she's been a part of for, for 10 years or whatever. So like, to me, it seems like throwing her a bone. So she stays within a Disney company. So she makes that tower of terror movie for them. Like for real. Yeah. <laughs> Taika's doing that though. Yeah. And he also made the Thor movies for Disney. <laughs> really excited for love and thunder. Oh, Maybe totally. that's the one. If that's the one Taika Waititi is directing love and thunder. So Scarlett Johansson's producing it, producing it. Hell yeah. Get that money. Scarja, whatever. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Uh, we talked a bit about it when I said that Epcot, uh, I went to Epcot, but they're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy's Cosmic Rewind, which is a different Guardians of the Galaxy ride that we have here because we changed our Tower of Terror for it. But this is a roller coaster um, of sorts. Um, Glenn Close, that was revealed to be reprising her role as Nova Prime. Awesome. Ooh, so this is pre-Zandarian destruction. Yeah, but they got like six years. <laughs> yeah, they got plenty of time, yeah. Um, they got some good. Roller yeah. coasters are neat. I like roller coasters. Yeah, I, I like it when actors come back to do a role for for their rides. So I, I, I have, think that's cool. I have no other input on this news. Yeah. Neither do I. That's fair. <laughs> neither do I. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this ride for like ten years. So what do yeah, I care? Yeah, I'm never gonna go there. Um, this was actually on here for Sparks, but uh, the Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, which is a show that he watches. Um, that's the new Mickey Mouse show on Disney Plus. That's been renewed for season two. So, oh nice. boy! Very cool. Um, it apparently took a while to get renewed for season two. Uh, it's been, I guess the season has been done for quite a while. So, hmm. and then Earthworm Jim is getting a new animated series. What? Oh, yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, by Interplay Entertainment Core, which is an animation company that I've never heard of. That is the name I have not heard in a long time. Hell yeah, man. Earthworm Jim was classic platformer, baby. You, Very cool. No, he is. Yeah, it's it's the game is on my Sega Mini, but Earthworm, I loved that show when I was a kid. I loved Earthworm Jim. I, mm-hmm. Good God. All right, they're bringing back Earthworm Jim. Awesome. Hell yeah. Um. All right. We're blowing through this. Trailers. Good. I got to work in the morning. Yeah. Multiverses. So I, I, this looks, this looks good. Yeah, like pretty all, good. All, all the pieces are there. Um, it is a free to play multiplayer game. So I'm curious how that's going to work out. With voice acting. With voice what? acting. So like compared to the Nicktoons game that came out, this definitely looks so much better than that. Um, it does. It's just super funny that like it's Aria versus like Shaggy. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just one of those things that like the Nintendo thing makes sense. Cause it's all video game. Like it, they're all together. That makes sense. Um, it's just weird that like Shag- it, Shaggy goes Ultra Instinct. That's really cool. Yeah, like yeah, the, they, they play the hard meme, in that meme too. During that, the trailer. memes are there. Like the care is there. Um, it is two v two, and like the the way that the characters can use each other's abilities seems really cool. This isn't something they're shitting out, which I'm glad. Um, right. It's HBO characters, so people are like, "See, oh, when Tony Soprano's showing up, baby!" <laughs> like God, like and like you know what? That's a thing that could happen. Like um, you can play, you can play Daenerys against Gandalf. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm the art style bet, looks good. Yeah, I'm going to bet Harry Potter is going to show up eventually. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Rick, Rick and Morty, hundred percent. Yeah. Are they are they in it or is that the? There, this was that that was leaked a couple okay. a couple weeks ago yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were in it, but okay, they yeah. they weren't part of the official announcement. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it looks it looks really interesting. I think the free to play mo- the free to play model scares me a little bit. Uh, because I'm wondering how like are you going to start with just like four characters, two characters? Like, I wonder what the base free thing is going to be and mm-hmm. how the how the upgrade system will work. Because again, free to play can be really really nasty. Uh, in terms of like gambling gambling stuff and like like loot boxes. So I'm hoping it's not one of those cases, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, especially we'll for see. a fighting, especially for a fighting game, because um, when they said it was free to play, I got scared because that can only mean that hey, I mean yeah, when new characters get announced, that's DLC packs. I mean we've seen it before in fighting games all over the through ever since DLC became a thing. Yeah. But what gets me nervous is that like when you because it is free to play, um, they're really gonna start nickel and diming you for not just um not just the characters but also possibly the skins and mm-hmm. possibly like different um like because it, it, like right in smash bros you know when you pick a, when people pick the same character there's like multiple different colors and or skin variations of it yeah that's like half the fun of getting new characters like oh what are their alternates going to be or they're alternate- also you pay 60 dollars and you get all of those true Whereas, well, like, well, if you get this game, you will have the Batman skin, and if you want the other skins, you will pay money for them. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was surprised about was how quality the voice acting was. Like, they got the voice all actors. They got, they got they all did. the money. Oh, yeah. Ma- Matthew yeah. Lillard comes back as Shaggy. Kevin Conroy as Batman. Tar Strong as Harley Quinn. Like, uh, even um, Arya is Macy Williams. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's so, awesome. Which is a big... I feel like that's a really... Not not kind of like an F you to the Nickelodeon one, but definitely like, hey, we got the quality here. Because one complaint of the Nickelodeon one was that there was no voice acting whatsoever. Yeah, it definitely, not that that Nick, Nick Tunes one was like bad or anything, but it definitely yeah. shows that uh, they are putting more more care, at least more money. They're definitely putting more money behind this one. Yeah. yeah like it's a Warner true. Brothers product. Like they, they, they want their Game of Thrones characters to look good. Yeah. Yeah. Good art style though. 
Yeah, I like right. it's like a unified art style too. So like Shaggy and Batman, like they they make sense together. Like it works. Yeah. No one looks out of place, which yeah. makes me which is one of the which is like that's good. As long as they don't look out of place, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball the Breakers. Dead by Daylight DBZ time. I'm not mad. Yeah, I I hope this one's free to play because like <laughs> I I we're all we're, we all like Dead by Daylight type of games and we all like Dragon Ball Z. But I don't know if I want to play a bad version of that. Yeah. And that's kind of this gives me those bad vibes. Uh, it definitely feels budget, but like it could be like slapstick it, fun. It definitely has the same art style. What I do like about it is it does have the same art style as as all the video games have had. Um like so I yeah, yeah. yeah, so I like the art style in it. Um, the characters they they picked to at least show us in the trailer. I'm sure there will be more. Uh, but the characters they picked are really interesting. Um, They're picking all the weak. Like the point of it is you are playing the weak characters. Like right, no, I know, but like, like yeah, like I never thought I'd say this, but like Oolong looks like the most fun to play. Yeah. Um, uh, and I want I do wonder if there's gonna be like other villains, like a cell, the only villain you're gonna fight, or was like Freeze is gonna show up well, in the game. The gameplay loop is Cell gets he transforms. Yeah. So if they're gonna do that thing, then they'd have to change the gameplay because Cell literally absorbs people. Yeah, because he absorbs do, players, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. if you're gonna do Frieza, it'd have to be a different thing where he just gets stronger on his own. So like, that's yeah. a completely different gameplay mechanic. Uh, too early like, to tell, but yeah. You know. yeah. I'm. I mean, they, I'm. I could, I'm looking forward to it honestly. Like, I hope I mean, it's good. I could, yeah. I could definitely see them changing up, like instead of like like with Frieza, like. Frieza being an example, if Frieza were to be like, say, the killer, he gets stronger by like maybe like just like grabbing someone, just like choking the life out of him, something. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, definitely Dragon Ball Z and Dead by Daylight are two things I would not expect to mix. So I do hope this is free to play. And if I hear good we'll things see, about it and we play, we'll it, see, it's cool. The thing is, like asymmetrical Dragon Ball Z is not crazy because Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two has that where you and a bunch of friends could take down like one giant ape. So it's like 5v1, but it's not a horror game where you're trying to survive. No, like yeah. it's like Dead by Daylight. Uh, so like no, this that, type of thing exists. This type of gameplay is like, it's so out of left field. Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah, Sorry, right. That's, that. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying uh, asymmetrical DBZ game is a bad thing. I'm saying that this is a game where you are actively running away from a fight instead of yes. going head first into one. You are going to be in a farmer. I feel, I feel like that episode. is committing the cardinal sin of a Dragon Ball Z game, whereas there's no fights. You are not here to fight. You are here to run away. Well, but I think that I think that's what's also interesting is that it does look like it's the the the, the like setting. The premise is like it's set in the alternate world where uh, Trunks came back and Cell had killed everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like like that. So it does kind of make sense that there would that you wouldn't have a Vegeta or a Goku to play as. Um, you'd have the weakest characters who were hiding uh, or who were saved by the stronger characters. Um, yeah. Except Bulma is there in her Dragon Ball outfit, which kind of throws that to the wind. But um, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful. We're actually really hopeful because if this is good, this could be a really fun game to play with everyone. I um, so. hey, anything can be good. We say it here on the show all the time. Anything can be good. True. Now I don't know if you guys watched this one, uh, um, but I did want to bring up the new Downton Abbey movie oh, had a trailer. I'm sorry, dude. Um, I I did watch it. Yeah, I ben, I, I, I said don't have to watch. Yeah, so don't say sorry. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up because I recently got into Downton Abbey and I really like Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that movie, and I was sad to hear that a second one might not be coming. And then surprise, surprise, a second one came, and I had no idea. Uh, so I just wanted to say that I'm excited for a new Downton Abbey movie. Hell yeah. Rich British white people living life. 
I mean, I like it. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just like, I, I, I don't want to watch that. They, they, <laughs> uh, they had an interview with her with Maggie Smith on on uh, Graham Graham Norton, and it was, she was asked, "Would you ever come? Would you come back as the Dowager? Because she plays the the Dowager of the series, um, of the, of the the Abbey." And she's like, "No." I honestly I wouldn't because it doesn't make sense anymore that I'm still alive. And they're like, "What do you mean?" It's like because the, they've skipped time so much that my character is 150. <laughs> I was like, "That's actually really true because now they're in like the 40s." That's illegal. They honestly might be past the. They might have in this one they might have skipped the the 1930s and 40s just to be like that. The poverty was fine in the in the whatever you can't, happened. You can't not address the bad times, Downton. <laughs> um, Scott Melville in the chat, Ben. I think you are you uh, looking to do that? Yeah, that's that's a friend of mine. Don't get Yamcha, Yamcha. Very <laughs> cute. Go with the Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Voyeur. Actually, this came out two weeks ago. Uh, you guys Voir. didn't talk about it last week. Voir. Thank you. Uh, you guys didn't talk about it last week, and I, I thought that that this looked this seemed interesting. It's, it's, I've watched video essays my entire life. This is just. But these are official Netflix video essays. Cool. I. I it, <laughs> the game interesting wasn't the word I wanted to use. I. Uh, I. I didn't find the trailer at all fascinating because it's just like the most hoity-toity. What if movies were movies? Hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, I. I know. I know movies move me. I know that. I, like, I don't. I don't get. It's not a good description of what this is. It no, doesn't tell you. It's there are video essays about movies, yeah. but they don't tell you that by like a people by like film people. So it's yeah. not like it's not like they got YouTube people to do official also, things. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, one of the people that worked on this uh, has said some incredibly gross things about a, uh, a recent trial that happened in the United States. Mm. So a lot of people mm. are no longer excited for this show, and I get it. Honestly, like. There are people. There are going to be better video essays on YouTube anyway. I I I watch them every day. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll I mean I'll give it a shot like when I know more information. But literally, it was just like movies on a screen saying, "Wow, aren't movies cool?" And I'm like, yeah. "No, yeah, I get it." Yeah. I know David uh, Fincher. But it's not on a screen because it's a, it's an it's on an eyeball. It's like an eyeball lens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's artsy. Weird. You get it. Pam and Tommy. This looks Pam. pretty good. Ben, tell, tell me, tell me, tell me how you feel about this one. Pam, uh, the about the sex game or not the scandal, the about their sex tape being leaked. No, it's a scandal. Uh, it is it's a scandal. scandal. Yeah, it is a scandal. Um, uh, holy shit. Um, I think this looks really cool. This does I look really like also, this trailer. I really like how Nick Offerman's in it. It took yeah. me a while. I was like, is that Nick Offerman? And it took me a while to recognize Seth Rogen. But Sebastian Stan looks a lot like Tommy Lee. It's kind of scary, bro. It's. Ben, both of so, them i was gonna say like he he looks like sebastian stan she is a transformation she does not look like lily yeah. james he looks like sebastian stan she does not look like lily james anymore she is gonna win there that uh, that makeup team is gonna yeah, win an oscar gonna, for her they're probably gonna win an oscar for it that, or that, at least it, no, or this is a series so this is gonna go win an emmy for it oh oh it's a series that's right yeah, it's a series. Oh. Um, this is definitely something that i'm actually probably gonna watch because i only know the i only know about that just through just by osmosis and watching i love the 90s and then like, how, <laughs> yeah and how the culture was like oh my god a sex tapes thing and then now the only one i could probably put up next to this is maybe when kim kardashian sex tape came out and everyone was like holy shit 
Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, Ben, the way you framed this background, it looks like Slimer is presenting your head. <laughs> it's like, ta-da! <laughs> um, all right. My head. Uh, yeah, I think this looks pretty awesome. Uh, um, I really like the... how this looks like it's it's going to be edited like uh, in like a, a non-linear style. This is directed by uh, the guy who did I, Tanya and uh, 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 we just watched it. The Disney Corella, Cor- Corella. Uh, oh, so I like both uh, of those movies. Yeah. Uh, Craig Gillespie is a really talented, stylish guy. So like this looks mm-hmm. this looks no better or no different. This looks really good. Um, oh, man. I Scandals are crazy. And the fact that this is real. And it's like, I was such a Pam Anderson fan when I was a young boy, because like, if you were a young boy in the early 2000s, like Pam Anderson was there, guys. Did <laughs> you see there. the show? Did you see the end of the animated show? The animated show? Stripperella. Uh, Stripperella? Oh, Stripperella. Yes, no, I, I watched the movie. <laughs> Definitely watched the show. I won't oh, deny God. it. Stanley. <laughs> That's right, Stanley's in that. All right. Oh, Tamora Morrison uh, and Pam Anderson bang in Stripperella. Oh, Ooh. interesting. I don't know if I want to see that. It's not worth it. <laughs> uh, all right. Halo. There's a couple seconds. We saw a man's back. But Halo, a live action Halo show is coming. Yeah, what's it coming to, though? Paramount Plus. Paramount it's, Plus. It's, it's so interesting. Because, like, that's... Paramount is the Star Trek, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they got the budget. The budget is there. Star Trek I Discovery's just... budget is wildly big i i'm just worried that nobody's gonna watch this show because it's on paramount plus that's the only thing halo is a show halo is a franchise that will get people i will certainly mooch off of somebody's account to watch it i've already Um, got an account for you baby there you go sweet um (laughs) honestly the more the more the more excited thing is it's just like this has been in production for so long there's been a halo movie then like it stopped and then like this is done this is done. This is a show that's done and ready just to be fit, to be watched on the world. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's crazy to think. You know, we got a brand new Halo game coming out, and there's a new uh, mm-hmm. show coming out. Halo's back in prime time, baby. They yeah. did this. They revealed this trailer on the uh, anniversary of Halo One, which coincides with Ben's birthday. Um, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Halo is is a huge game franchise to me. I love that game. Um, I love that franchise, and to finally be at the point where i'm getting that live action show that's been promised for 10 years is wild we've gotten games that have come out later have gotten movies earlier so the fact that we're finally here like like halo like without without halo the xbox would not be the system that it is truly like like halo really was like like oh shit they got something that is only on xbox yeah. They got yeah. their Final Fantasy or whatever, right? Like, yeah, Halo was definitely a series. Like when Halo Two was coming out, and they had that green see-through transparent Ooh, Xbox. I begged my parents one year to for that Xbox just so I could play Halo Two. The release of Halo Two was a moment in history. Yo, guys, I, 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 no, no joke. Uh, I saw a commercial for Halo Two, and I told my mom, "Yo, mom, I want that." And then it came out, and I and I couldn't get. My mom didn't get it for me. And then the yeah. next day. Is because my grandma bought it for me and it was in the mail and I cried when I opened it because I didn't know I was getting it. And I played Halo 2 for years after that. Halo, I, uh, I got a, I got this, I got the the silver steel book yeah, pre-ordered at my local oh, GameStop. Yeah. yeah. I remember G4, I came home from school because all, all day, every single show on G4 had new shows solely dedicated to Halo 2. It was like they had that one for Halo 2 day. They had one for GTA San Andreas. It was an event on the channel. And I remember when I got home 
even though we didn't own an Xbox, I was praying that that day for Halo 2 to come out, I was going to come home and there's going to be an Xbox and a copy of Halo 2 plugged into my TV. There wasn't, but I was like, dang it. And so then ben, we you haven't there. played Halo 2 is what you're telling me. You said all that just to say you haven't played Halo 2. No, I have. I okay, cool. Played it out. I played okay, it at a Okay, good. There's we a lot this, of preamble to get them because it's a lot of preamble to be like, and then I didn't play it. I'm like, oh god, I'm now okay. <laughs> anyway, really excited that this that this show is coming. I uh, cannot year, wait. Next year, baby. Um, Ryan, you want to put this one on here? Landscapers. Yeah. Uh, now, just so I know, I watched the right one. This is the one with Olivia Coleman, right? Yes, about cool. the murders. About the murders. Yes. Yeah. Um. So this is based off a true story. I love true crime. And I watched a uh, like a YouTube lady talk about this crime crime that happened like 15 years ago or whatever. Um, uh, so it's about this couple, Daniel Lewis and Olivia Coleman, and they kill the, her her mother and father, and then they get away and they get away with it for 15 years, yeah. and then their bodies are discovered. And there's enough evidence for like, no, we know it's you. And it's them just dealing with the ramifications. Do they turn on each other? Uh, the drama behind it, everyone involved. Uh, and it looks like a dark, a dark comedy, which is like, wait, not what I expected with a true, a true crime story of uh, something that actually happened. Um, yeah. I think I think yeah, this looks really excellent, like really well acted and like a very serious subject that has like really like black comedy in there. I'm like, oh, this looks like really insidious in a way that I really like. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought this looked really interesting. Cool, I'm glad. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, who, who, who HBO Max. HBO. HBO Max looks good. Hell yeah! Don't look up. Oh my god! The new Netflix show movie. With Adam the, McKay. Like, yeah. Really excited ben, for this. Actually, ben, it's looks really good. One, this one I actually really want to see. Yeah. And as far as uh, it's on Netflix, so I can watch it whenever it comes out. Based on a true story that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't like that part. Um, <laughs> this feels like what? This is this is gonna sound like a dig but i'm just making a joke like what if roland emmerich made a really smart natural disaster movie yeah um yeah. we're like actually like smart people like talked about stuff and like uh and those movies are made for fun like you know big bombastic fun but i'm like what if we took it seriously for once that'd be really cool and that's what it's, this movie's doing um adam mckay is such an interesting guy i'm watching succession right now which is a show that he that he uh he did the pilot and he made the show but he, he like he's not like the showrunner but his influence is all over it He's a guy who transitioned from doing comedy into really dark dramas with comedy in them. Yeah. So him making this movie, which is very much a, a comedy, but it's about the end of the world and like not people not taking it seriously, uh, is like so like it feels so much like succession, um, in all the right ways, and I love it. Uh it looks did you ever so see Vice? dark. Yeah, did no, you ever see Vice? no, no, the the Dick Cheney one. I didn't yeah. very good. Yeah, good, good, good. He's in his um, like political comedy era and he is killing it. Yeah, I think he's really killing it. If like uh, there was the Big Short and Vice, like both yeah. films I really love. Um, it's coming into this one, kind of being in the same genre. I'm there for it, man. I get you should give Succession a shot, at least the first episode, because like it is like it is really sharp, really sharp wit, uh, and like these kind of like crazy people dealing with stuff. Um, and it's Adam McKay, so like if you're into like his political stuff, like give the show a shot, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll check maybe, it out. Maybe, I got a lot. Yeah. To, I got a lot no, to get through. But no, I get it. it. I get it. But like, if like you're looking for something like this, it's long form. Yeah. Um, this is coming out a couple weeks, I think. Actually. Hell yeah! All right. Turning red had a full trailer, which basically told us what this what this movie's about. It's gonna be May. <laughs> really loving this era, of Pixar, just putting my childhood into their movies. And when it makes yeah. sense to your song, the lyrics yeah. are totally there. Yeah. This looks um, really good. This yeah, looks this looks really charming. Uh, I really love the animation. I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a... this is... Oh, 
this is another instance because Spark set has said before where this is like with Luca, where Pixar is making humans look different. Where yeah. it's not like like the copy and paste Pixar humans that we've been seeing throughout the years. This is just these are different character designs, distinct art styles. Yes, exactly. Pixar was like Pixar was like we finally got to realistic looking people. Let's not do that again. Yeah, we're still making cartoons here, so let's do that. Yeah, honestly, realistic is like. It can be boring. It's nice. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do animation, like make it make it creative. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, I think what Pixar, I think what Pixar has done is really smart, and they're transitioning into the kind of this new era because there's a lot. This art style is because they have a lot of new people working for them, um, and I think it's really paying off. A new um, generation. Yeah. 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 I the basically the plot of this one is that uh, their family is cursed to constant to turn into red pandas at a certain age. Yeah, she hulks out, and she like. Any strong emotion will hulk her out. And into she's a very, red panda. Into a red panda. And it's really cool because, like, the movie's about, like, okay, so, like, she lives this very, stri- like, strict and ri- rigid lifestyle. And she doesn't, like, seem to have very much fun or is, like, open to things. So, like, her becoming this panda actually, like, opens up her life experience. Like, oh, maybe I like being this different person. Maybe I don't have to be so strict and rigid. I'm like, and, yeah, yeah, that's a cool message. I like that. Yeah, and also, I feel like this is a movie where it's going to be like, hey, it's okay to open up to your emotions. Because mm-hmm. they're saying, it's like, like when her friends are hugging her and saying, we love you no matter what, and she turns back to normal, mm-hmm. albeit her hair is a different color, which I also I really like. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the anime Ranma One Half. Have you guys heard of that anime? Bless you? Nope. Right, never mind. <laughs> no, it's... I mean... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Well, of course, that one is only based on whether the main character gets splashed on with a certain temperature of water, whereas this one's the emotions, and this one has probably going to have a more emotional punch. But I still like it. I can't wait to see it. It looks really good. But also yeah. when the, when she's really mad and she has the 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 rubber ball and she's just like she almost killed that thing. kid. <laughs> she almost killed that kid. I love that. Yeah, that yeah. kid was gonna die. Um. All right. Mother Android. I thought this looked really cool. Um. This is I the, don't... the Chloe Grace Brett's one. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. some imagery in this that I thought was re- that was effectively creepy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. If I wasn't such a big fan of Westworld, I would think this is cooler and more original. Um, sure. I think this looks really cool. Um, it it has that young adult feel to it that I that a lot of actually a lot of Chloe Grossmith's movies seem to have these days that she's in. But like that young adult thing where I'm like, I don't think this is gonna be good, but this is a good trailer. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I kind of got too. Yeah. Um, I I'm hoping for like a warm body situation where like, yeah, we're doing the young adult thing, but it's good. Um, But at the very least, there's a a lot of moments in this trailer where these androids with like the glowing blue eyes and the background is really effectively scary. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. I don't know how good the movie could be, but I like this trailer a lot. I just don't understand why we keep making robots look exactly like humans. Like, have we not learned our lessons throughout all of history? Have we? No, we keep doing this. Do you have you met us? We're so dumb. <laughs> if I was gonna make an android, it would be like it would be Star Wars. They are totally little robots. They're not humans. Well, even like, what's a protocol droid gonna do? Yo, man, exactly. Uh, triple zero. No, but don't give them like nostrils and <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, yeah, because then we're like crossing into Mega Man territory, and there's still a fine line there. No, no, don't. Do All it. right. Nightmare Alley had a completely different movie, apparently. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> uh, so, so, well, no, so this, 
I looked up the uh, synopsis for what the movie yeah. is because yes, this is a very different trailer. This took out a lot of the supernatural stuff. Yeah. Um, and I found that shocking, but I think it makes I think I think maybe that first trailer might have been too much for the general audience. So mm-hmm. they're trying to tone it back to make it more of just like a detective mystery thing, which it's not. Um, it's so weird because it's about a con man going to this town to con a bunch of people, but it turns out they might be all evil or something. Yeah. So it's like an evil carnival that like the con man is getting conned into. And I'm like, but where's all the supernatural stuff? I'm so confused. What I think happened was Crimson Peak. Um, yes. I think this is a Crimson Peak situation where yeah. the, the the studio didn't know how to market Crimson Peak. So they were like, it's a ghost story. So let's do it as a haunted, uh, like a haunted house movie with, with scary ghosts. But it's not. It's gothic yeah. romance. Yeah. How do you market a gothic romance? And I think we're in a similar situation where the studio doesn't know how to market this movie. So they're trying to market it as something the audience is familiar with. Yeah. It feels like, if I had to guess, it feels like it's going to be like a slow burn and like, like they go to this place and everyone's weird and then there's like a big final scary outcome or something. So it's going to be yeah. like a slow build, um, which I'm fine with. Like, I, I'm just happy again. We always talk about what is Guillermo working on and we don't know until the trailer's out. And now yeah. we know and it's next month. Honestly. Um, also, there are two Willem Dafoe movies coming out on the exact same day. Good, good for you, Mr. Dafoe. That's true. Um, I'm really looking forward to Oscar-winning director Guillermo del Toro's next movie. Yeah. But oh my uh, god, is that the guy who was the fish fucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, speaking of Willem Dafoe, the other movie that's coming out on the same day as Nightmare Alley is Spider-Man: No Way Home. <laughs> and we got the you guys. It was really funny watching you guys speculate what that trailer event could be. Uh, mm-hmm. Having seen this trailer. Um, because I watched the trailer first and then watched the episode you guys did last week, mm. and you're like, "Oh yeah, they're definitely going to tell us that Toby and Andrew are there." And the, they didn't do any of that. <laughs> well, they they didn't, but but they did. But that Brazil trailer screwed up. But not just that, but like, you're not going to have the villains of those movies no. and not have the heroes. That's silly. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I'm not in a negative way. I'm just kind yeah. of burnt out on Spider-Man talk. Because, like, every single day there's a new fake leak that I know it's not fake. Now that I've seen this trailer, I now know some of those leaks are real. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Really exciting. Um, there are... You would be a fool to think there aren't more Spider-Men in this movie. Like, just honestly. Um, the thing that I'm more excited about, because everything in this trailer I knew was going to be there, mm-hmm. that's what's not in this trailer. Because the way Tom Holland this entire week has been talking about this movie... Um, He's saying it is, like, the biggest superhero movie ever made. Like, solo superhero movie ever made. He's not talking about a bunch about like the Sinister Five versus no. one Spider-Man. No. There is something that we have not seen. There's always a big third act reveal that we just that all these Marvel movies that we just haven't seen yet. The movie's called No Way Home. What does that mean? I think, he, I think he's leaving this universe for a little bit, and we, just, we have not seen any of it. All the stuff we've seen is, like, the first half of the movie, I think. Because, like... There's too much. There's too many spoilers. There's too many spoilers. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that the 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 title. It, I know Sparks. We've talked about it before on the, on the show. Sparks brings it up quite a bit, and we we've discussed it. But like, uh, we've often wondered what the future for for Peter Parker in this in the MCU could be, and that this movie could be leading to him leaving this universe either permanently or or, or temporarily. Yeah. Um. Totally. Totally valid. Um. I 
I don't know, man. I'm 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 still I'm so excited though. Um, I'm excited too. I'm just at the point where like it's not hype. It's just like I'm I'm over. I'm over. I'm over. Like oh, it's a new picture. It's this and that. It's yeah. another. And it's also like Marvel's feeding into it. Like they're releasing so many new posters, and they're all terrible. And yeah. it's like I'm just ready. I'm just glad the movie's coming out in a month and not like six months. Sony has uh, I, whatever Sony, next, yeah, yeah. whenever next Spider-Man movie happens, Sony needs to figure out something <laughs> to not have the whole movie leaked because it's honestly been ridiculous. We've been talking about this movie yeah. almost nonstop every week for the yeah. past two years. It's true. Um, and again, like the stuff that has leaked, like I, I, I expect to be in the movie. The stuff that hasn't leaked and is in the movie, that's what I'm really excited for because, yeah. like, again, the way that uh, there's some specific interviews with Tom Holland where he's like, like this is a, this is like an unlike a Spider-Man movie you guys have ever seen. So like the way that he's talking about it, like it's not just him fighting a Doc Ock. Yeah. There's something in this movie that we have not seen yet, and I think it's I think it's something huge. And unfortunately, it might be it might be something Sony related. <laughs> the one of the things that I wanted to bring up in this trailer that I really I really liked, um, you know, if you if you kind if you go back through those raimi movies and even the garfield movies like yeah a lot of those characters are dead all those characters are dead um no sandman doesn't die um but doc ock's arc is really beautiful and you don't want to see that kind of you don't want to see that kind of regress um even in even in this type of film what i appreciated in this was that it looks like doc ock is working with peter parker yes yes um i'm into that i yeah i am i am I am hella excited for the plot of this of this movie, and I'm still not convinced. I'm still not sure because there's just not enough evidence if these are the actual versions or yeah. they are slight variants. Because either way, it, it it's fine for me. I like yeah. it, they'll make it work for the movie. They wouldn't make the movie and and, and ruin Doc Ock's character. You know what I mean? No. They wouldn't do that. The same, yeah. same with like 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 the lizard, whatever. He can come back. He's evil. Electro, he can come back. He's evil. Like that's all fine and whatever. Yeah. Um, Doc Ock is the one that I was worried about, but he's like, oh. Like you're fighting a bunch of people who die and I don't want to die. Please don't kill yeah. me. I'm actually not that bad. That's awesome. Um, that that cube that Doctor Strange is holding, that's like a that's like a Doctor Strange prison because in that first trailer we see the lizard try to attack Peter Parker. Now we know it's the lizard. That's yeah. like a, that's like a TARDIS prison, and Doc Ock is trapped in there with with the nano machines that he took from Peter Parker. That's so cool. That's really cool. Uh, that he's able to take the nano machines off Parker onto his freaking uh. Onto his yeah, there's a things. there was a theory that it could have fixed his inhibitor chip, which allows him to control the arms again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm it, into. Look, I don't. I don't even know if what you're saying is 100 percent true or 90 yeah. percent true or whatever. But like, whatever it is, there's oh, a lot no, in this movie oh, oh. that is going to make me. Uh, look, whatever it is, when I see Toby, Tom, and Andrew on the screen together, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna lose it. That's gonna be yeah. so exciting. Uh, the stuff with the nanomachines is true because one, it's it's the toys have confirmed it. But like, you sure. see, you see the tentacles absorbing the nanomachines from him and going off right, his right. Body. That's, that's, that's right. That's right. That is not a. And then all the scenes with him have red tentacles. Like he stole yeah. those nanomachines. So like that's a thing that happens. And I think you're right. I think that helps his inhibitor chip like come back online or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm not bad. Please don't kill me. Um, yeah, because he was controlled by his by his arms in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. Anything else, Ben? To say, I know I'm. I'm very excited now that I know yeah. it's about Peter trying to save the villains, and Doctor Strange is like, they gotta die, buddy. Uh, that's really compelling. That's that's like the most Spider-Man thing ever. It's like it I don't is. want like people to die. It is. He's fighting them, and also he's trying to save them. Um, well, whatever happens can't... in the third act, someone someone goes crazy, and he's like, okay, yeah, we should send them back. Yeah, yeah probably. But... I'm ex- I just cannot wait for this movie. 
What if it's Ock? What if it's sorry? So I'm so sorry, Ben. What if it's Ock? What if Ock is is the one saying like, you know what? We have to go back. We have to get them back, and that's why we see Electro shooting at Doctor Octopus in that one scene. Hundred percent. Yeah, because I bet he realizes uh, that we are destroying this universe, and I might be evil a little bit, but I don't want to destroy an entire universe. Yeah. Whereas Electro is like, I don't give a shit. I'm alive again, and in this universe, whatever. Yeah, I like his new design. Uh, Somebody pointed out. I was gonna say I know it's in the trailer, but I just love hearing Willem Dafoe's voice as Green oh. Goblin. Again. I know we heard the laugh and yeah. everything in the first trailer, yeah, and then we hear the laugh again. But him actually talking—it's like you're struggling, Peter. I was like, I love it, yes. Bro, I love uh, you, Willem Dafoe. I uh, I'm putting this on the podcast now. If Willem Dafoe says either sleep <laughs> or or back to formula, the movie gets a ten out of ten. <laughs> no matter what, if he says sleep, 10 out of 10. What if he says um, finish it? Oh, also 10 out of 10. That was the other, that was, I had my three. I had my three. Finish it. Um, I, I, I'm really excited. I, I know there's some thoughts of like, you know, this isn't the direction that we want Spider-Man to go. But now that we're here, it is still cool to see big, big, big multiverse Sinister Six Spider-Man stuff. You can be, see, here's the thing, like, you know, there's there there is something to be said about the ride about the journey like yeah okay uh do i like my spider-man to be hugely multiversal it's a little weird but honestly if you do it right i don't care yeah if I you do it right like like if you do anything right it, anything any idea could be good if done right you just got to put the care and thought behind it and man yeah. i don't i don't i feel so bad andrew garfield is on tours Poor every kid. single day trying to promote tick tick boom every question well it's spider-man when and he know, when he I'm so mad. It. I'm so mad at Sony for not just being like, just say it for the love of God. Just NDAs be damned. Just do it. They they really the the lizard and Electro are in it, so he's in it. But like they really, they should have done just like the littlest thing, like a footstep, a shadow, a, yeah. hey kid, anything just to give us an inkling because like the next month for these actors is going to be shit. It's going to be hell. Yeah. Toby Maguire just sitting there going like, I have no press tours. Bro, he's just chilling at his house just like, I shot this a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Andrew right. Garfield. Like, yeah, well, Andrew guy. Garfield is now done with the press tour for Tick, Tick, Boom, so. Good. Go, so, go sleep. As, <laughs> I just hope that he got a fat ass check. I'm pretty sure oh, he did. Oh, I'm sure he did. But, uh, J.K. Simmons a little bit, so we're getting a little more J.J. Yeah. Jameson. Very cute. Good. Love it. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Love All it. Right. I'm happy about that. I just I can't wait for this movie. This is my most anticipated movie of 2021. So, yeah. well, it's almost yeah. over. So, almost here. One month to go. It's it's gonna be the last. It's gonna be the last movie we review probably this year. Bing bong. Oh shit! Um, yeah, you're stay right. tuned, by the way, audience. For uh, we're going to discuss the Sam Raimi, uh, Tobey Maguire films, and the Andrew Garfield, Mark Webb films. When does uh, when does this come out again? I'm sorry, December. December seventeenth. The Matrix. December seventeenth. The Matrix is December seventeenth. No, the Matrix is Christmas. Oh, the Matrix is okay. Cool. Like Good. Christmas okay. Day. That's when the Matrix. Yeah, comes the out? Matrix is Christmas Day. Hell yeah! That is and a good. Spider-Man is the seventeenth. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. They get uh, it in the UK two days early. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, yeah. Man. Real quickly. So you guys have two weeks to watch three Spider-Man movies. Easy. Yeah. There you go. That's not Five. No problem. Oh wait, no. no three. Doing... Oh, yeah, we're doing the Raimi films first. We're doing one episode of the Raimi films, one episode of the Garfield films, and then we're gotcha. doing No Way Home in the next episode. So we so got triple pitch of Spider-Man. And if it you clicked. wanna, <laughs> if you wanna be a completionist, just throw in Spider-Verse just to watch the best one anyway. 
I'm, I'm gonna watch i'm gonna try and watch homecoming and far from home before no way home. i also want to we'll see yeah I don't know if I can get Homecoming, but I'll definitely get. Um, I'll definitely try to fit in Spider Verse because I haven't seen the movie since theaters, and that's my favorite one. That's it. That's all the news. Should we go into our topic? Emo Shandor. Spe- so, uh, uh, full spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, the fourth Ghostbusters film, starring the- all these people. Yeah, all of those. Um, uh, we can, uh, so, you know, full spoilers, you know the drill by now. Skip ahead, pause it, whatever you want to do. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, about everything about this movie. So let's just get right, right into it. Uh, ben, what did you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife? I had a blast. Yeah. I absolutely loved this movie. It was so much fun. It, I really, even though I'm not a big Ghostbusters fan, I didn't grow up loving the franchise. I grew up loving the song, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> um, like I knew who the Ghostbusters were. They were guys who hunted ghosts. I thought that was cool, but I never really watched the movie until a few years ago. Brandon sat my ass down and forced me to watch it. Sure. It was fun. I had a blast. I really, really enjoyed it. Ryan? I liked it a lot. Um, I'm shocked, actually. Like uh, uh, The initial word of mouth had me really worried. Uh, I there, There's so much to love. And then, and then I, and then there's a, a specific point where I stopped liking it. Unfortunately, uh-huh. um, I like like eighty percent of this movie, and then it hits a hard left turn into like, oh, this is what I knew it was going to be, mm-hmm. which really sucks because up until then, this was a really fresh, like, really beautiful movie about like family and stuff, and then it turned into a crappy Ghostbusters movie. So, <laughs> um, I love this movie. Um, I had a big old grin the whole the whole time the movie was playing i'm i'm a huge ghostbusters fan it's one of my favorite movies of all time um uh, and i uh was eagerly anticipating this film i was uh, like ryan so scared about the early word of mouth because like this was this was one of my most anticipated if not my most anticipated mm-hmm. of the year um every trailer had me in tears um and i'm really happy to say that this movie had me in tears good um but I want to get into, uh, because you brought up a specific point, uh, Ryan, of something that you didn't like about the movie. Why don't we start there? Sure. What was it? It's the ending. <laughs> Which part of the ending, though? Uh, when you bring in a dead actor to be a big ghost man. I think it's really tacky. Uh, um, so here's the thing. Um, the beginning of the movie, I think, is good. Because uh, uh, Harold Ramis has passed away, right? Egon yeah. Spangler. Um, it's just really... Uh, I, IPs have to continue on. I understand it's just really unfortunate and gross to me that you make a movie just a couple years after one of the main guys died who didn't really want to be a part of a new one unless it was really, really good. And then you just like create his corpse at the end and just, he doesn't talk because you can't make him talk. So he just does like a weird like nod. And it's like, we're just supposed to like, I find it incredibly tacky. Yeah. Um, I find the inclusion of the Ghostbusters uh, completely ruining of the ending. Uh, it takes away from the main character, in my opinion, who had a beautiful, awesome arc of becoming a character. Uh, if this movie would be perfect, if the original Ghostbusters wouldn't be in it. I the don't second, think... the second, I, I don't know you're gonna no. disagree. I know you're gonna disagree if you like it. Uh, when Dan Aykroyd appeared on screen, when he got the call, that whole time where he's like monologuing about like five, like about what happened, that took me out of the movie so hard. Yeah, because that movie was not that was not the IP shill thing until Dan Archer was like, Oh, Egon Spangler go to hell. Well, well he went to, well, you know, Venkman's doing this thing and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's talking to a random stranger. He doesn't know. Why would he be spilling all this shit? Yeah. All the Ghostbuster stuff is incredibly tacked on to me. Um, and besides that, I had a really good time. I just wish 
I really wish they didn't have to be in the movie, and I get why. I just think it was incredibly tacky. I don't disagree wholeheartedly, uh, honestly. Um, I like Dan Aykroyd's inclusion in the be- towards the beginning, actually, quite a bit. Um, but the I see what you're saying. See, the thing is, like, while I really liked the moment, um, I especially really liked how they included Harold Ramis in the whole movie. Um, his, oh yeah, his the, his his ghostly like Pixar uh, yeah. thing. I love that. That's fine. That's not using a dead actor's face. Yeah, I I really like that. I really like the beginning. I always said to me, I always felt that the whatever third Ghostbusters film happened would have to start with his death. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I always felt that. Um, because honestly, you don't have to. Uh, I was thinking about it, but I really like that scene. Of, you know, he's taken uh, the keymaster or who, the yeah. the gatekeeper, and yeah. we don't see we see him in shadow. And I really like his inclusion as a ghost helping um, Mackenzie Grace. Um, but I. I don't, I, 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 I get it, but I don't feel the same way. No, I get about it. The... There's just, there's a line where how much um, are you willing to accept them using uh, a dead person's likeness yeah. so close to their death, knowing like Bill Murray, he didn't really want to do this. Yeah. That's my thing. Because at I the end of the day, it. no matter how good this movie is, I see a bunch of old people who don't really want to be there getting a paycheck. Because you cannot tell yeah. me that their inclusion is important to this movie. There's, I will not. I do not believe yeah. it. I do not believe it. This is about. This is about uh, Phoebe. It's about that family. The fact that Winston shows up and he's a billionaire. I, that is worthless to me. That is worthless to me. <laughs> I, I, I only feel. I only feel a worthless argument personally when it comes to the, uh, uh, the post credit scenes. I don't quite like those as much as honestly I would like to see a sequel with this cast. Yeah. Um, I, I like this cast a whole lot. I'm talking about like the main cast, not the not the three fogies. Um, I find I, I, it's kind of fun, but it doesn't really add anything. And that's why I kind of like it in the post credit scenes also. And Mm -hmm. I'm really conflicted about it because like, there's things that I find, I find in the post credit scenes that are like ham fisted, but also I'm like, I kind of get it as like a, where are they now situation? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't don't like the story at all. Really? I don't like the post credit scenes either, because if you've seen 2016's Ghostbusters, uh, Sigourney Weaver is using the exact same way. She's a post credit cameo too. I'm like, wow, they couldn't yeah. get her in this movie either. Cool. <laughs> like, again, like the whole, I I really feel like like they were written into a corner of like we have to please the 50 year old white men who love Ghostbusters. Yeah. So we have to get Dan Aykroyd and then saying the lines, doing the things, and I'm like, I like this movie a lot, and then it's just like I wish I wish it would have been reversed. I wish all the old Ghostbusters stuff would have been at the beginning. And that's when she learns it, and then she discovers it on her own and stuff. And she could be she have her own journey instead yeah. of having the help by these old fogies who don't really do anything, really. And also, I thought I thought he stole all their equipment. They show up with a bunch of equipment. Yeah, there, there's so that I want to actually get to as his own point um, because I do want to get Ben in on this. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to. There's a lot of positive to say. It's like this is my yeah I, yeah no I, I get it I. For for me, like the the three Ghostbusters inclusion, like I I don't actually think they they it felt like they were there for a paycheck. Like it felt like they were having a good time. Um, like it felt like they were having a good time, like they did on Ghostbusters. Man, I, they're on screen for literally two minutes. Like I I I can't buy it. I can't. Yeah. I don't buy that's, it. I do not. That's buy fair. It. I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not saying uh, anything you're saying is invalid. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, but Ben, uh, we've been talking a lot. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah. Not much. Uh, yeah, you got. You guys are more in tune with Ghostbusters than I am. So from I'm like, not. I don't care about Ghostbusters. I care about using an actor's dead body on screen to make money. That's what I care about. 
That's what I'm talking about. I don't care about the Ghostbusters property. It's like, it's 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 gross. It's a gross thing for Hollywood to do. It's a different story when you use Tarkin, an actor who's been in for a long time and he's a side character. It's different when the main character is the crux of your movie. You also turn him into kind of a gross man, which, you know, he turns out he's a good guy, but he really screwed over his friends and he ruined his family's life. And I'm like, and the, the actor's dead. So like, he can't even do anything about it. I'm like, it's just, it, it's a, it's an interesting tacky turn in my opinion. Yeah. And I, and clearly mm-hmm. other people don't feel as much, which is fine. I, uh, you know, I kind of feel the same way, uh, like in, in general, not about this movie. Like, honestly, it, it's kind of one of those things that I probably have accepted because of Leia, um, because of what happened with Carrie Fisher on the on Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think that one's far more tacky, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, it's been what ten years since Harold Ramis passed, probably. So, like, I, I kind of understand, like, you know, statute of limitations, I guess. But I do, I do get it i get it honestly like everything you're saying ryan i don't discredit i get it oh yeah it's just it's i see i see the beauty in this movie and then i see the behind the scenes like hollywood muddling that like that just unfortunately seeps its way into it that i can't i can't it can't escape because i do think there's a really awesome story in here that i wish just could have been left alone honestly um you did you did touch on something on something that i do have a hard time buying and as much as i love this movie um because i do um the the, the weird thing of it is that they try to make us believe. Well, they don't try to. Actually, okay. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to word this because it bugs me, but I'm not quite sure why uh, yeah. or how, but it's the fact that so many characters believe that Egon abandoned yes. everyone. Yes. That's the weird part to me where it's like, I don't understand why Egon would have said, Hey, Gozer the Gozerian is going to show up worse than ever in 20 years. We got to go to this farm and save him. And nobody said, yeah, okay. That's weird ben, to me. Ben, I want you to answer this before I go, because I I have an answer. Well, what question? What's the, wait, what question am I answering? The part about the ending? No, uh, you, just, no. You, you just asked something about... Uh, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking now. Jesus. Because <laughs> you no, said uh, answer this I question. Said... I was like, what question? Oh, no, I, no. I, why, why, why does everyone believe that Egon did this? Like, like, why, 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 why do they believe the story that Egon went crazy or that Egon abandoned everyone? Why don't they, why don't they believe Egon when he says goes of the Gozerian is worse? Um, that's weird to me. Do you that's believe, to like, me. to you, like, everything they gave you, Ben, like, Egon's a piece of shit, right? That's what we're, that's like, even though he's saving the world, he's a piece of shit for the what he did to his friends and family, right? That's what we're supposed to take away, right? I think the re- the reveal because the audience never. This is why it's. This is why I'm having a hard time explaining like why it bugs me. But like yeah. he, the the audience never believes it. The the movie never goes out of the out of its way to tell the audience that this is what happened. We see from the beginning of the movie he's doing something. Yeah, that Egon is right. That Egon, that what happened. So like mm-hmm. the fact that the characters, especially the original Ghostbusters, are strung along with with that idea that Egon was a piece of shit for so long is really strange to me. I kind of understand. There, there might have been. It's the last Jedi situation. It yeah, no, feels they, like, they, but they like a, worse. They did, a, they did a loop, but I don't think they fulfilled the. the yeah, the yeah. Problem, here's the problem I have with it. I, I, I can see maybe the original Ghostbusters. Um, like ghost crime has gone down, right? They haven't had a call in months. Yeah. Egon's going crazy about something, and they don't believe him. Sure, I'll buy that. Okay. Um, he takes all of their shit and he disappears. They don't go to investigate. Yeah. Janine. This is the biggest problem. Janine is on his estate. Yeah. She doesn't know anything he's been doing this whole time. 
Yeah, that's the weird part. Like Janine's, that's what I mean. Like Janine's inclusion made sense to me when I thought in the trailer that she was meant to be the, the mom, mom, but she's not. Yeah, and that it's, that's that's weird. It's it's the the initial setup again. I like it. Like oh, Egon was hiding something, but I don't think you needed to make him a bad Luke Skywalker. And if yeah. you're going to do that, I don't think the, the I don't think the landing of him like. Do you guys ever watch Futurama? And, future, and uh, yeah. Leela's dad was a seer mutant and he was watching her his entire life from the background. Yeah. That's what he was doing in this, but it's super creepy and I don't think it's sweet. Because like he, he has pictures of her from like college and like, how'd you get these pictures? That's really creepy. Like, it's, yeah. I, I, I get the sweetness like, of like the, he was the pictures trying to say Like, because I do understand what you're saying, what you're saying. And also you're right. Like Janine was on the estate and it's like, hey, if Janine is there how come she didn't go it's like no he's right we got some crazy shit going on we gotta take care of this over here but then the rest of the ghostbusters just go nah peace we're gonna go do elsewhere you're right that does kind of raise an eyebrow i was like hey what's going on here because at first i like when dan Aykroyd's explained why like hey ghost things are down we're going from 10 calls to a call a week if we're lucky to like maybe a call a month hey we busted all them ghosts we don't we're 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 done and then with Egon popping, I was like, no, we're not. He's like, yeah, we are. There's no ghost around. So, But they didn't want to be done. That's the other thing. The mm-hmm. Ghostbusters clearly didn't want to be done. They were only done because Egon took everything. Yeah. So, again, so, like, why? Like, they, I, had, they had equipment at the end still. Like, it's just not... It's not... It's not as impactful as I think the the writers want it to be. Yes. Um, it doesn't quite hit. It doesn't quite stick the landing with the arc of the film. Um, be, and again, because the audience never once believes it. So when when like Carrie Coon is is talking to Mackenzie Grace and she's and she's like, yeah, Egon was a piece of shit. Blah, my grandpa, my dad was a piece of garbage. Blah blah. She is of that mindset for such a long time in that movie that the audience mm-hmm. is going like, no, he wasn't. Shut up. And that's the thing that also bothers me because this movie could have been like this could movie. It could have complexity and like he could, he could have been an asshole, but also trying to save the world. Yeah. He could have been both, but this movie, uh, I think this movie's really good, but again, it's very surface level. It's not trying to like dive deep and like, Oh, maybe Egon was very troubled. Maybe he like, he was going through some mental stuff. Cause they do some really great stuff with Phoebe about her being on the spectrum. Right. They could have yeah. delved into that at all. Like, yo man, he wasn't in his right mind. And like, it, he, he needed help and no one was there to help him. And, and like, they didn't even try. They could have added some real like sadness to this yeah. kind of sad movie because Egon left his family. That's the thing I love about the movie. Now we can get to some of the positives. Yeah. All the family stuff is excellent. I think all the, all the characters are great. Uh, the idea of like, oh, we're going to go live at my dead father's estate because we're poor because your 40-year-old mother handles money like a teenager. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that premise is great. And all the acting is really natural. I like all the kids. Um, the the flow of like learning about the ghosts, it all makes sense. I think that stuff's really great. Podcast is probably my least favorite, but I think he works I think he works half the time. Yeah. Um, well, he's not terrible. Because uh, Trevor's actually my least favorite. And Trevor's my least favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Trevor's my least favorite, but only, only because Trevor is really useless from for a lot yes. of the beginning of the film, yes. um, and doesn't quite become a part of the main cast and t- until he fixes the car. And I feel like you could have just gotten rid of a lot of that stuff. I, yes, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of setup with him and Lucky and like yeah. the the place he works and stuff. Uh, I only say I like pod- podcasts less because podcasts was throwing out so many more jokes per minute, and they just weren't uh-huh. landing as much for me. Um, I thought he was pretty funny, but like some jokes were like, uh, it felt like 40 year old guys writing for a 12 year old sometimes. Sure. Um, but like, but he definitely worked, but like, yeah, Trevor was, 
kind of there. And as the stranger, yeah. and the stranger things kid is is good, but he is just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, I I do really like Mackenzie Grace though. I think she's McKenna, for me McKenna. McKenna Grace. Yeah, um, she's fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's the best. Oh, yeah, she's the best the... one. Her she arc is, is absolutely. Great. She is absolutely the standout. Uh, her and I, her and Paul Rudd are standouts in this movie because I really enjoy. I like Paul Rudd like yeah. when he first sees the trap and he's or when he's first talking to uh, Phoebe. And she's like, you're a seismologist? And she's like, and he's like, yeah, I am. And she's like, hmm, you for a football coach. She's like, all right. Because he's finally, because he's connecting with her. That's what I like, because what I really like about this movie, especially with Paul Rudd, is when he's with Kelly and they're on their date. And he's like, hey, science is awesome. And that's why he can connect to Phoebe so well. Because yeah. she's also yeah. a scientist. And like later on as the movie goes, and like when they find Muncher, also I love how they call him Muncher, the ghost that eats all the metal stuff. Josh like- Gad. Yep, I like that Gad. action scene. I like that action scene a lot. I like that action scene. Like when they're like, "You're not freaked out." Overstimulation, um, overstimulation calms me. Or when she's yeah. like, "Hey, I did, I just don't." When when she blatantly tells podcast like, "Hey, I don't express emotions regularly. Like in outside, I'm like this, but inside, I'm freaking out because my because my so teacher is trying to bone my mom." Uh, she's so good in this movie. Um, podcast. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think she and podcast work really well together. Yeah. Um, uh, the the movie um, was hilarious to me. Like I I was really I was yeah. really laughing in this movie at, at a lot of points. Um, the funniest scene I actually think is the Stay Puft Marshmallow scene when they're all killing themselves on the barbecue. Oh <laughs> I thought that they're scene was like really sac- great. Not only that, like the the Roomba runs over one. Oh, so they're um, sacrificing another. They're sacrificing two on a skewer while one tries to walk across the thing, or even because it's a blink and you miss a moment in the blender. Like you see eyes and a and a smile after one yeah. gets blown up by a blender, and it's like, yeah. hey, it isn't fun. But yeah, the Stay Puft Marshmallow scene was. Those little the, dudes are just so. They're, they, oh God, what's a good analogy for these little bastards? Can't think of one. Bunch of they're it's, uh, they're a they're a marketing tool to sell toys. Ben, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I have seen a bunch of those Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought the I thought that the the humor in this movie really worked for me. Um, I also really like the adventure tone of it. I think the action is all well done. Um, the Ghostbusting action looks really cool. Yeah. Um, the there's thing... the gunner seat. I think was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing that worried me, that was my initial worry about this movie, is like, it seemed like it was going to be a kids' movie, and I'm yeah. like, Ghostbusters is not, it's not for kids. Like, I know the second movie, I, there was the there was the movie, and it got really popular. Then they made a couple cartoons, and then the second movie is very cartoony. It's not like yeah. that first movie. Um, this movie has a lot. That's of, why like, that's why Egon's character is very different from the second movie. Yes, to the, and that's the why movie. they that's why the second movie doesn't exist in this universe. This year. <laughs> um, very clearly, it's very funny because I'm like, you'd remember the Statue of Liberty. They don't bring that up. Yeah. Um, God, like the, this is a it's pretty mature. Like it is it is a lighthearted like romp, but like there's dick jokes. Like the they're constantly talking about like dead dad stuff and like how like they grew, she grew up like without her dad and like this is like they're taking this seriously yeah uh and again like it's so unexpected like this movie for the first half really isn't a ghostbusters movie honestly there's not many ghosts in this entire movie whatsoever at all until the very end almost um and i really like that uh i like that it's just a character study of like yo like this this girl's finding out like how much of a scientist she really is and she's connecting with someone who she never connected with because she doesn't have that with her mom and like Carrie Coon is so good in this. It's just like, yo, anti-science. I love whiskey. I love getting drunk. (laughs) 
are you a scientist? You're boring. Uh, but Gary, Gary Guberman is so charming. Uh, and Paul Rudd is just so great. The worst substitute teacher of all time, aka the best one. This puts yeah. on Cujo and shit. Um, he, child's he, play in the second scene. Child's play. He just wears her down uh, so hard. And he's like, yo, you got a great kid. You don't realize it. And I'm like, oh, this yeah. is so good. Like Jason Reitman, who's done Up in the Air and Juno and all these movies that are about like just people dealing with life. It is so good in this movie. Again, like it's so fascinating that this is this has to turn into an action movie at the end because like I the stuff that I love about it is all just like, like human stuff. There's um clearly a a passion that Jason Reitman has for the source material, obviously because it is very personal to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel that passion in the in the thing, and he rightfully knows you can't make Ghostbusters again. It's impossible. That movie yeah. shouldn't work, but yeah. it does. Yeah. Um. So he he goes a different direction and tries a different tone while keeping the same thematic re- resonance with the, within the thing. Yeah. Like it is, a, it's about four friends getting, you know, it's about four friends. What is about family? Uh, so like you kind of keep the same themes running throughout a different genre. And I think that works really well. Uh, I love the, the lore stuff. Cause like in Ghostbusters one, um, you have the big tower where Gozer yeah. is summoned and you learned uh, just through a, just through dialogue, that Evo Shandor built this tower and he mined special metals. And that, it's like a two-sentence thing, right? And you, yeah. don't, you don't know anything else except you read comics or you play that Ghostbusters video game, which is pretty good. Um, the fact that they're bringing it all back full circle and Evo Shandor is not only in the movie, he's actually in the movie. Uh, the Shandor J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, a fun cameo for no reason. Uh, <laughs> the Shandor built the entire town. It's like a, it's like a big conspiracy like thing. And like I love all that stuff. Like it ties into yeah. the first movie um, in a good way, I think. Um, and like all the special minerals were from this specific place. Uh, I, I, I like it. I don't like that they reuse Gozer again. Yeah, I'm because I, I wanted to bring that up specifically yeah. because I feel the same way. I, I, you go ahead. I was gonna say I, I the presentation like. Uh, super hot i'm in i'm in the gozer uh, and everything that they do but like i saw it already they don't do anything yeah. different that's the problem um they do yeah. like nothing with gozer i i really think that the this is why i wanted to bring up so this is where i want to bring up the game um i think the game rules um it, it is the it is that third ghostbuster sequel that we never got um it and it it, it feels like what dan Aykroyd wanted that first movie to be mm-hmm. um but you know budgetary restrictions um it's great. I really like that game. One of the things that works for that game was they do bring in Gozer, but they say it was a precursor to something much worse. Yep. Um, and so the final boss is like the worst Gozer. You um, find a big spider lady in that game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Black Widow is such yeah. a good level. Such a creepy yeah. level. Um, I really like that game. Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of that game in this movie. So... I really, I do appreciate the idea of going back to the Gozer thing and 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 playing off of that iconography in a in a different way. Um, but the fact that it's such a it's a much worse invasion of Gozer than it was in 1984, and that's never explained as to why, makes yeah. me wonder like why didn't we just do that where it was like the thing above the god above Gozer? That's the thing, and it's one of those things where like you can't think too much too hard about it because like why didn't why didn't they just do the temple thing at stage one? Yes. Why did they? Why did they have to go do the the lesser plan? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, the movie came out in nineteen eighty four. So, right? Why? Uh, why is Ivor Shandor in this mine and not in the basement of that yeah. building? Like, you that's know. just something you you know. You're making a movie at tw- thirty years after. What are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, and so that's kind of where I'm not really hung up on the idea, but it it is where I'm like, I would prefer, I would have preferred a movie that tried to 
uh, go the different route, so that the worst route, like escalating yeah. the conflict and not just mm-hmm. saying or, the same conflict. Or if anything, uh, again, I think the presentation uh, of Gozer with like the lightning body is like super, uh, super effective. It's just they don't, they don't really do anything. Like if maybe yeah. they had like a cool action scene, but they don't. Th- yeah, there, is a, there is a good effect of like, and th- I will say the the added lore of like understanding that you need both of the demon dogs to keep Gozer in our dimension is yeah. cool. Because once uh, one of the demon dogs gets trapped, yeah, half Gozer, of her soul. That's really cool. Half of her soul goes missing. So she's like, she's in or in like half, uh, half in our dimension. And that's yeah. a really cool effect. Again, it's just like, uh, it, it doesn't really lead to much. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other thing uh, that I, I do, I do. Yeah. That's really, that's really it. It's, it's just, it's just it doesn't really add much more to the Ghostbusters lore of um, you know why was why is this kind of thing so much worse? Um, I do appreciate it on a level of like at least we do something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects though, because we brought up like how Gozer looked, the effects look look like updated nineteen eighty four effects, and I think yep. that's awesome that that care went into those effects. There's a practical dog event at one yeah. point yeah. that I thought looked really good. Practical, practical Zool was really yeah. cool, and there was a uh, lot of practical Zool. I mean, yeah, there were some CGI shots you have to, but there was a lot of times where Zool was real and practical, and even the CGI shots that we did see, like when uh, when this uh it's very early it's in the very beginning of the movie you know where he's like a ghost and he's above egon in the armchair oh so good i thought that was really powerful even when he bursts out of the trap and scares um scares gary and the kids and then just rushes and goes back to the mountain i thought was really cool mm-hmm. but the fact that i like when we see the practical dog and it's just chomping away at the dog food i'm like okay that's pretty cool that looks really it. good i love yeah. it um i think the idea of a a super trap like using the farm as a, as like a trap to collect, to collect hundreds of souls. Yeah. Cool idea. I like it. I do wish, yeah. uh, I don't, I like how small, how small scale the movie is. I just think the ending maybe should have been a little bigger, maybe goes or a bigger threat in some way. Yeah. Cause again, like I don't feel like Phoebe couldn't have handled, she could have handled it on her own. If I'm being honest, it feels like, yeah. like they threw in those ghostbusters, like, cause they had to. Yeah. I almost would have, I almost wonder like how the ending would have handled if we don't see egon reuniting with the ghostbusters like the three ghostbusters aren't there but we still see egon egon's hand like help help phoebe because we do i think need that moment having had phoebe have her arc getting to reconnect with her grandfather and and getting and having that moment where she actually gets to see him and meet him in like a corporal state i think that works as a character arc but and, and maybe kind of the push too far is that it's then you have the three Ghostbusters. I see. I yeah. yeah. I agree. I think I think the initial hand is fine. It it just it's a certain point where it lasts on screen for too long, and yeah. you realize, oh right, that's not a person. And it's just yeah. he's just like looking around. He goes like a. Yeah, he does like, the, oh, the smile. Oh, and I think he could have like done the battle and kind of like dissipated with like a smile, cry or something, and that would have been nice. It yeah. just lingers a little too long, and I'm like, uh, it's getting a little tacky for me. But my heartstrings ripped when Carrie nope. Coon hugged him. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like it's it's a good scene. It's just the unfortunate nature of the the person's dead, and like the the nature of death. of the reason yeah. why that yeah. exists. Yeah, it's a good scene, um, absolutely. Like Carrie Coon, she, Carrie Coon steals it. Matt. Oh yeah, I love the scene where where Phoebe goes into the basement for the first time. Like yeah. she has the ghost radar, and she's playing chess, and she's playing chess with her grandfather, and then she's like, "How'd you build such a small cyclotron?" And it goes all to yes. the. All that's to my the favorite. Green. That's my favorite thing in the movie. Uh, it, it's the stuff with, uh, with uh, Egon Lamp Egon. 
yeah. whether it's with Phoebe. Yeah, that's my favorite joke. It's like, how did you do that? He just points all his PhDs. Like, it's brilliant. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, ultimately, I mean, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I really had a blast with this movie. Um, I haven't seen the second Ghostbusters, but I still think, but I'm kind of glad I didn't, especially since you guys say it's not. There's this, some good jokes. It's worth it. Yeah, it, this is this is a better movie. Uh, if you want to watch another fun Ghostbusters, like it's not it's not that first one, but it's fine. It's okay, fine. you could do, you could yeah. do worse. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am glad because I feel like this one goes in from the first one pretty decently well. I mean, yes, there are some obvious plot holes, like how come Janine isn't on the estate? <laughs> how come she doesn't believe and she w- wasn't like you know helping the other four, the other three Ghostbusters like go help Egon out in Somerville and all that stuff, but. Still, as a whole, I had an absolute blast with this movie, and I really want to see more of Phoebe, funny enough. I don't I'm, think the I, one, one of the big contentions with this film is that I don't think the the uh, callbacks are egregious. I think they're actually pretty nicely sprinkled that, sprinkled throughout, except for the Twinkie. The Twinkie one I kind of rolled my eyes at. So I was a, a little afraid that a lot of the references in this movie were going to be very like Ready Player One, like "Hey, remember that?" Like or "Remember Berries?" They're like yes, yes, remember yes. this thing. But like when when uh, uh, Trevor goes into the garage and lifts up, and you see the Ghostbusters logo for a split second, and his phone flashlight dies. I didn't think it was that bad. Or when Muncher turns the fire hydrant on, they drive past it, and the logo gets clean. Muncher's yeah, yeah. Time- Muncher's look. Muncher's look just like uh, unscrew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like, a like, lot of times, like, like fire pellets, very cool. Yeah, yeah, like when we see the ghost, it's like every time the Ghostbusters logo is on screen, it'd be at the Ecto One or on their sleeves. It's not like, yeah, there's blatant, like, look, it's the Ghostbusters logo, but it's not egregious. Like, I was like, hey, here's a game cleaned off for a hot second, but right? But not I'm not like, just oh, talking oh. about the Ghostbusters logo, what I'm talking about is just like any callback, any line, any sort of thing that calls back right. to that first film. I don't, I think they were all pretty much peppered throughout. Except for the Twinkie, but like the the who are you gonna call line, uh, I thought was, that was very it hilarious. Was cheeky, yeah, it was cheeky in a in yeah. a good way, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was cheeky in a good way. I once again, I like that because like uh, that's a good question. Who are you gonna call? Yeah, the fan service w- was was good. It wasn't it wasn't egregious or anything. Um, yeah. which is the one that I that I like. I try to remember. I don't remember, but I'll remember it in a sec. Uh, Mag has a comment. Uh, we'll wait. Wait, uh, at least no secondary villain like the EPA, EPA man. That's oh, true. I, I think we needed someone like an EPA man. Yeah, I think that could have helped maybe this movie. That's could it that's, could it have been him? Was EPA he goes man to the first or second one? The first one. He's the first, first one, one who like he tries to shut them down. I think that is actually oh, yeah, that might be a problem. Like not an issue, but I did see someone say there's no real like antagonist. There's no antagonistical force for our characters Mm. until the end in a way you know what i mean they're kind of like on the journey until the bad thing happens so i guess it could have been cool to have like someone shut them down i guess the cops kind of do that sometimes i guess i don't know um one of the things i i was gonna say um like when they're unraveling the mystery like when they go down the mine shaft and they see like um they see the countdown and evo spangler or evo what's his face i was calling Evo spangler yeah, and like when they go through the years, like oh Krakatoa, nineteen, oh this thing, oh forty five, what didn't happen, and the countdown. Um, I like how they explain the earthquakes in the movie. In the movie, oh it's like, awesome, yeah. Oh yeah, the particle, comes, the 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 yeah, that's so yeah, cool. You got four proton packs, and then they once they meet, they converge down into the death pit because a bunch of the goat. Because every once in a while, the ghosts are trying to escape the death pit, and this is once and this is essentially Egon going no. Oh my god, the Make death it. whistle! I that's oh, yeah. horror. I it's horrifying, but I love it. It's 
It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, oh, Asako, this was Kaikibus? Yeah, sure. Just don't do that again. I really appreciate. I really liked uh, all of Phoebe's jokes. I thought they were really funny in like a stupid way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I love her whale. I thought her whale one was the best one. Honestly, I think my, my my favorite line of hers isn't one of her jokes. It's like, "Do you want to die?" No, I'm twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one got me because I'm like, "Oh, yeah. she's a little kid." That was oh, pretty yeah. good. When, Go- when Gozer's like, "Are you prepared?" I like yeah. Gozer's work too. When yeah. like when Gozer's like, "Are you prepared to die?" I was like, "I'm 12. Are you?" That lady. That like, lady oh. looks just like looks just like that original Gozer lady. Oh, you mean Olivia Wilde? Yeah, it looks. Yeah, I mean, she always looked like Olivia Wilde. No, that is Olivia Wilde in this movie. Is that Olivia Wilde? We were yes. actually wondering about that. She's uncredited. Yeah. I had to look it up because I'm okay. like, I know that jawline anywhere. I know that. I know that face. Yeah, the original. The I always thought that the original Gozer looked like Olivia Wilde. So that's really cool that they that they got yeah. that. No, that was like um, some cool European model lady. I'm like, no, Olivia Wilde too. Because we Wilde. we we were looking at that and we were like, that is. I don't know. It's good looking. Um, I love that cool. design. Like like the ele- electricity in her body. Yeah. yeah, uh, I, I really I, I don't know if I have much more to add. Um, I, I really love this movie, I thought this was really good. Uh, yeah. Um, I really, I mean, if you want to go final thoughts first, let me know because I, I can give my final. Oh, thoughts go ahead, final thoughts. Let's do yeah, it. Uh, I mean, my final thoughts are as someone who isn't a diehard Ghostbusters fan who's only seen the first movie, I had an absolute blast with it. I mean, yes, there are some issues with it. Um, I do feel it's a little long. I also think that Finn or not Finn, that's Trevor Finn Wolfhart's character is useless half the movie, and then he doesn't, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't get some good stuff until halfway through. But the family stuff with Phoebe and Egon are there, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that if we do get a sequel bait, if the sequel does happen, it's more of this this family. Maybe the only original Ghostbusters showing up is Ernie saying, "Hey, this is the here, let me show you the ropes a little bit." Mm-hmm. That's like he's the, funding, like he's funding them. Yeah, like he's funding them. Um, because I really love her in this role. I love podcasts. I thought he was hilarious. Like the way when he's introduced with his little microphone, I thought was funny. And I, just, I thought I when I heard, first heard about there's a character called podcast in this movie, I'm like, oh man, forty year old guy trying to name a kid. And then I thought it was actually really sweet. And yeah. I like for the most part, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So other all in all, I had an absolute blast. Are there problems? Yes, but as someone who is a Casey casual when it comes to Ghostbusters, this was really really fun. And I would like to dive into more Ghostbuster stuff because of this. Play the game. Play the game. Honestly, uh, like no. the game, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw the I saw the game. That's it's it came out for the PS3 and Xbox 360, right? They had a PS4 remaster too. They did. I'll hunt that down because uh, I saw a PS3 version of Frankenstein's the other day for ten dollars and I didn't pick it up. Ryan, it might still be there. It's, sorry, you point you point at yourself. Uh, Mag says in the chat, but recommend. The cartoons, if you have free time, especially the 90s spinoff cartoon, yeah, uh, those cartoons are pretty good. Um, what would you rate it, Ben? Oh, I rated it eight. Yeah. Solid eight. Ryan? I like this movie a lot. Um, I, I, it's Hollywood, and I know, like, movies have to get made, and IP is super important. I know, like, a Ghostbusters movie has to have Bill Murray in it. I get it. Um, I do think it's the weakest part of the movie, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure in a couple years, when I rewatch this movie, I'll be less uh, anti-Hollywood about it. Um, but I think this movie's really good, and I think there's a lot of really strong stuff. Um, I don't know how you make a sequel with a bunch of children running a Ghostbusters company or whatever. I don't think that's that could work, but I want to see it. Uh, young Ghostbusters. I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. 
Yeah. Uh, I really love this movie. Um, had me in tears at the end of it. Um, I do really enjoy the Ghostbusters occlusion and, and especially Egon's. Um, I love Phoebe. Uh, love that character very much. Um, yeah. I had a big old grin on my face the whole time. I was, was laughing hard, crying at the end. Uh, I give it a nine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good, Good. movie. Good movie. Yeah. I'm All right, so we get so we get into the book club. Oh, it's truth time. That intro is so soothing, and this book club was not. Ryan, take it away. Hello, tell me about conspiracy theories. Hi guys, it's Ryan, and I'm here to talk about the Department of Truth, which is a comic book. Oh, we lost you, Ryan. Oh no, Ryan, you went mute. I hit Ryan. the mute button with my comic. <laughs> hey guys, written by James Tynan IV, uh, art by Martin Simmons, letters by Adikia Bidikar, designs by Dylan Todd, and the editor is Steve Fox. The Department of Truth and Volume 1, The End of the World, is one hell of a book, y'all. Yeah. Uh, I was picking this up. I'm still picking it up weekly, uh, much like the other three James Tynan books that I have not caught up on. But, I, but, I, but I'm behind. Uh, but I buy the trades, and it was time to take a book club, so I picked this, and I think this book rules. James Heinen is definitely his his indie stuff is like so next level. Uh, I love it so much. This is about what if conspiracy theories become real? If enough people believe in something, then it could become truth. And this is about the Department of Truth trying to keep reality in check, but it turns out maybe they might be the bad guys, which is awesome to think. And I I immediately wanted to read the next issue after I finished this. Uh, I wish Sparks were on this because I know Sparks would like this book a lot because this is a very, very heavy book. It's very heavy dealing with real, real topics, but in a um, really crazy science fiction uh, Twilight Zone kind of way. Um, I, I love it. I think it's got a great, I got great cast, great uh, idea. The art is insane. Let me hear what you think. So issue three, this is definitely something I want to talk to Sparks about because um, issue three is the issue that has to deal with the Sandy Hook shooting. The crisis also- actors. Yeah, and also has to deal with a certain someone whose name I'm not going to speak because I really do not like this person. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know about the a podcast I listen to, The Illuminati, right? I know the, the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a YouTube channel, and she also does a podcast. Oh, I it's a, it's cool. the one, Yeah, it's a Blair, the one with the sweater and the pyramid head. Yeah, so she has a podcast as well, and she I listened to an episode about said person who perpetuated the theory that Sandy Hook didn't officially happen. Is so, it Alex Jones? Is that who you, who you don't want to say? Yeah, that asshole. Okay, hey, well, guess what? He got he got uh, he got charged like four counts of lying, so he's like gonna go to prison. So you're fine. Yes. Ooh, cool. I didn't hear about that. That's awesome. I don't know if he's going to prison, but he definitely got he's guilty. So he's getting he, he's getting oh he's getting oh he the hammer's Good. coming down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, screw that guy. Good. Just cause, yeah, because just like forty five, I don't like talking about him. Anyways, so um just reading this issue because i heard that episode about that guy of a while ago and him perpetuating this and how the victims the families of the victims were getting death threats they were getting people were saying things so reading this book about conspiracy theories and having this mom this mother constantly see videos of people saying yeah this is like perfectly matching the audio or deep faking her son's voice was just i had to keep reminding myself this isn't real this is a work of fiction this isn't real this isn't real this isn't real this woman this woman is watching videos of of her dead son uh reciting a script 
on the day that his that he died during a gun shooting. Yeah. And it's it is truly haunting stuff. It it is very it is very very haunting. Um, and the whole time I'm reading this book, like the first issue, I absolutely love. Like this last page when it says, "Oh my god, dude, that last page hook! Oh my god, that last page just that will talk about a hook, line, and sinker." Because I'm like, I'm in. The second the guy says, "My name is Lee Harvey Oswald, and I'm the director of the Department of Truth," and you see the big Illuminati sign behind him, it's like, "Oh, oh comics are good." I was just like, "The guy who killed JFK is the." But did he? But did he? But did he? But did he though? That's like, and also the whole thing about like the Flat Earth Society, we we kind of joke around, and I've heard listened to episodes from Blair the Illuminati about said Flat Earth Society. And it's one of those things that you were like, wow, people really believe this. And like when the main character, uh, Cole Turner, goes to the ice wall and is like, I was there. And it just rips his whole thing of reality apart. And that's the the whole part of the story is like, hey, enough people believe in this conspiracy. Ergo, this conspiracy is real now. So we have to keep that in check is something that is I feel is a stroke of genius. Because the whole time I'm reading these books, I'm like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then there's that little thing in the back of my head goes, but what if? It's it's like, uh, before you go, Brandon, it's like you have the X-Files, and then the next step is Fringe, and then the next step is people have to keep conspiracy theories dead or they become reality. Yeah. It's and it's, I've, I've been ranting about this book. I'm sorry. Brandon, go. Talk I, about something. I didn't have quite as visual as visceral as a reaction uh, as you did, Ben. Uh, there was never a moment where I was reading this where I was like, "This isn't real. This isn't real." Um, I um, really found it fascinating, though. I love the premise uh, alone. Uh, was just was such a hook uh, when we're seeing um, the like, you know, oh, your memories are changing. Like in the beginning, with, with they're talking to Lee, and it's like, oh, I get, it. you know, he's like, yeah, I don't remember what happened, but like I do, and you know, all these things. I found that really cool. Um, and so I was, I was so in on just the premise. Like the story, honestly, could have been shit, and I would have been just hooked in by the premise. Um, yeah, this but the story very, wasn't. This could have very been like a very like fluffy surface level, like oh, we're gonna follow Bigfoot, but like it's yeah. like heavy no. shit, man. Yeah, and so like the story like really sells the uh, the 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 plot of the book, and I, I was really invested in and in just not so much a character, but just like figuring like wanting more. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, um, I really like how. Oh, sorry. I love no, how yeah. each issue has to deal with a different hardcore conspiracy theory. Like the the second issue is the satanic panic, and then the third issue is the Sandy Hook shooting, and like the first issue, yeah, it kind of dabbles a little bit with flat Earth and uh, the moon landing was faked and all that stuff. But um, the further you go, because there is an underlying story to all of this. The farther you go, the more like the fourth issue was um was like this huge long string the, of the like, twelve the, like the twelve letters that got that got released. That yeah, are like that, that, that tie every presidential election like together. The big mm-hmm. Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just this killed those guys. Yeah. Just every single issue is like just goes deeper and deeper into the shit. And then you get the black hat people and the lit, the woman in red. It's just oh like God. what is a lizard and, person, a reptilian. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, good. Even when okay, I love Ruby when the I love when Ruby goes. Oh yeah, reptilians. They're just they're they suck. They're hard to kill. And it's like <laughs> oh, doesn't even like oh no, that's not real. Like oh no, reptilians exist and they suck. No, but they only exist because enough people believe in them. Yeah, like that's uh, what I, that's what I found really interesting because 
they're when they see the 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 wall at the end of the flat earth they're they realize that like we have enough people to have started its manifestation into the real world mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you if enough people for a second believe that the that reptilians exist then a reptilian will show up in real life and the department of truth has to take care of it i thought that was super fascinating mm-hmm. uh so I, I jokingly said something about Bigfoot, but there actually is a one shot about Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this makes me think about the future of like, what does this mean for Santa Claus? Oh, they they, they say Claus. they say we have to kill Santa Claus three times a year. Yeah. That, oh yeah, I want to see that story. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I think the 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 type of this reminded me of Control, the video game Control, a lot because it's people dealing with like really big things, but they're still human beings. Um, I think Ruby is awesome, and like her her thing of like. This isn't a clean job, Cole. It's ugly because people are ugly and they can believe in ugly things. I sleep fine. Yeah. Like, because Cole has to go kill some people. And he's he's like, but these two people who, who have just discovered the biggest conspiracy theory of all time, basically. They get sent this thing that is going to unravel basically like mankind as we know it, possibly. And Cole's the one who has to go kill them. And the, the, guy, the guy who has it is like, these aren't true, but we have to print them. Yeah, uh, like we, these, this is not real, but we have to print them. And so, like the idea of like, if it doesn't matter if these two reporters don't believe them, they print them. Enough people reading will believe them that this yeah. conspiracy theory will become truth. They have a whole like like thing about like we're journalists. Our job is to spread the word, whether it's our word or not. Right? Yeah. Like we got to get the word out there. And it turns out maybe you shouldn't be doing that because it creates <laughs> false worlds. Uh, yeah. They use the word tulpa which uh is a uh which is a great thing meaning like a false like a false thing it's a big twin peaks thing so any 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 media that uses tulpa uh makes me really happy because that's some hardcore like uh mysticism shit going on um i it makes me so sad when he cole has to kill these these two guys and they're like are you the good guy and he's like i think so as he's crying as he shoots them um, that is wild shit. Um, that, the, or even the, the next in the next issue when you get the the guy who runs the the or one of the guys who runs the black hat society, like the sunken and eyes, yeah. And he's like, so, how does it feel when your husband goes to work tomorrow and finds out that an editor and a writer were killed? You know, and you're, you're gonna your have to go to the you're gonna go to the you're funeral. To the funeral. <laughs> and it just and then you see this this um Starface. And oh yeah, the big the big thing tying everything together that Cole yeah. witnessed something when he was a child about a star faced pentagram man eating a baby. That the yeah, satanic panic part, caused. Yeah, he was part, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was part of the of the satanic panic conspiracy. And oh, that's another thing I, I listened to another podcast about, which yikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is some <laughs> some crazy shit. But oh man, this book is just so good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like the last book we read. Uh, Something is killing the children. Um, uh, I, I love it. I love it so much. And like the final, the final uh, page of of this volume, it's like, why did why did Lee Harvey Oswald choose Cole? Right? He, it's like, he was destined to do something. And Ruby's like, I actually, I don't have the answer because like maybe there's a conspiracy this whole time that he's been involved the whole time, and like the black hat knows this. And it's so fascinating because like, I, what if the heroes are the bad guys? What if the black hat is right? And like, yo, if information comes out and people believe it, why shouldn't that be true? Right? Yeah. It's it's like it really makes you think, but obviously the flat earth isn't real. But what if it was? But what right? if it but what if it should be? Because what the idea is like this is a minor, my majority rules, yes. right? So if yeah, majority it, of people think this is true, then it should be 
real. Yeah, why why mm-hmm. if enough people believe in something does it not make it true? Uh it's like it's like very much like a religious thing. Like people believe in religion without seeing things. It's like it's faith based. And yeah. uh the, the 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 history of the Department of Truth is that they were initially created to make America a superpower in the yeah. world. And that you should see the Russian version of us or like because they were the other superpower after World War II. So you know that it was JFK. He he started it all. Yeah. So so like you get the idea of like you know what do we uh what's if our history is that why did we stop? Did we stop? Yeah. Like um, after JFK's assassination, everything went to shit. Yeah. That's but here's the, the thing. Fla- that's the flashpoint. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, what's fascinating as we're gonna go on, like we might find out the good guys are bad or might not, but like victors victors tell the tale of history, right? Yeah. Like winners say who wins and loses in history so maybe be all maybe all these things that are bad like potentially like they they could have been good and we stopped them and like i cannot wait to read more and dive into like how juicy this gets because like yo man lee harvey oswald being like the leader of this oh there's a tinfoil hat guy who has the has the, the red lines and his whole thing is like digital media moves so fast like i could i can't keep up with it i have to do everything by hand and he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna need more. I need more red. I need more red lines. I need more. I need more string. He I does the string theory. I love it. And then, um, and then you got the um. Then you got a uh, Frank. Oh, hunky. I was gonna say Frank, the the lady who drinks a lot of coffee. No, Frank. Frank is. She just like yeah. She <laughs> seven shots of espresso in her coffee. <laughs> it's just. Um, and then, then you got Frank who like constantly watches TV and crazy thing people just talking and he like he's documents the, he's, it he's the uh um what's it called like the funnel where like he yeah. sees something crazy he reports oh they're talking about the mothman we gotta <laughs> shut that shit down uh yeah the the idea of weaponizing the zeitgeist is really interesting because that's like exactly mm-hmm. what like black hat is doing and potentially the department of truth mm-hmm. of like weaponizing uh uh you know uh ben give me a movie you haven't seen that you know everything about like that's the zeitgeist like mm-hmm. that's that's something that is so familiar to people that it, it just it exists out there. And so, oh you can, and so that that's what this is. That's what a conspiracy theory could got, turn into. I can bring this to succession. Um, so succession, it's about, you know, like, uh, like uh, business people, like shitting on people and like uh, backstabbing people. Um, they're in a fight with the department of justice and the, and the, the leader of this company spread a rumor that uh, the Department of Justice has a a dartboard with the main character's face on it that he throws darts at. And that rumor starts at the beginning of the episode. And by the end of the episode, the entire world's heard about it because one person started a fake rumor. And now everyone believes, yo, did you hear about the DOJ? And it's like, information spreads fast. And if you don't have a credible source, it becomes believable. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this is truly one of the coolest like comic ideas like ever made. And it's so like the, that, that idea is, is super interesting to me. And then like, the idea that maybe the Department of Truth being the bad guy kind of creates this idea of like, well, perhaps like our world is meant to be an ever-changing reality. Like yes. perhaps like we're we're like if enough people believe that the flat that the earth is flat, then yeah, the earth is flat for a couple of years, and then everybody believes the earth is round, and then the earth is round for a couple of years. Like, what's the harm in in the constantly because nobody remembers the past nobody remembers the history as it as is as quote unquote is yeah. they only remember the altered history so like what's the harm in just riding that wave constantly and, and just constantly being in this ever-changing reality and black hat a real quick bit and black hat has a conversation with cole and he's like who's the real bad guys here how many people have you guys killed recently how about you yeah. specifically cole we clean slate baby we don't kill anybody we make dreams come true well they did massacre those those people in the da- downstairs i didn't know it's yeah. the dreams come true part <laughs> <laughs> but anyone yeah. say something 
No, because one of the things that I forgot what issue it was. I want to say it was like issue one, where um, I, where Lee is um, essentially like interviewing Cole about why people believe in the conspiracy theories, or they dig and they listen to these fringe physicists and these fringe scientists. It's mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I'm sitting on like the the feeling like the euphoria of I'm sitting on something that no one else has. Yes, it's yeah. like it's one of those things that really kind of sits like with these um with with these conspiracy theorists is like i know something that everyone does it's like it's kind of cool then where's the proof it's like well the proof is this this is the proof it's like that's not the proof dude like they're warping the science to meet their needs at the flat earth conference Uh, yeah like when like when to put into um current events like when my pillow guy was constantly touting that he had the proof that (laughs) That would change the election, and when the day finally came, or he had his stupid little conference, and it was, it turns out that he had nothing. I mean, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, the uh, going back to like uh, theories, conspiracy theories becoming real. Like talking about Obama, and Obama oh, is like you know yeah. like born in Kenya, and then like, but how does that explain that someone had to burn documents explaining that his birth, like in Hawaii and stuff like that? It's like enough people believe in something that it becomes real, and I'm like, this is just such a wild idea because like what's small enough that you have to tackle what's big like you know obviously something like flat earth is a huge that's huge ramifications but like what's like a small white lie like what is what is the department of truth going after what are they not going after i'm like well it's just theoretically a fascinating idea theoretically it would start as they wouldn't it wouldn't be on their radar until it like passes a certain threshold of people believing in the thing yeah 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 um so like before that happens like nothing nothing the world isn't changing they just keep an eye on the buzz until they start noticing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so um, cool because it's like it doesn't happen until like, oh shit, there's a Bigfoot here now. Like, yeah, Bigfoot exists. That means like more than fifty thousand people believe in the Bigfoot crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. need to go kill or, Bigfoot. Yeah, or the scene in the very beginning of the movie, or I was called the movie. This will be a very interesting movie too. It's getting the scene, turned into a show. Oh, good. Or the scene in the beginning of the book where. Cole is in the, is at the Flat Earth Society. They usher him into another room where there's a bunch of other people, and they see the faked moon landing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By Stanley Kubrick. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they all just cheer. Uh, there's, something, there's something else I wanted to I wanted to bring up about something. But I there's a lady in a red dress who's missing eyeballs. She's definitely some like otherworldly monster thing. For yeah, sure. Um, uh, I'm so like this is these are two like two com- uh, companies two establishments that have been doing this since like the dawn of time so like i think we're gonna get like this is only gonna get crazier and bigger and like it's gonna turn like stuff from like the dawn of time like god stuff yeah. i think like I'm, i hope I'm- so i i hope so because like i i'm i'm into this idea so hard like mm-hmm. keeping it in like small bureaucracy moments like you, you can't you gotta expand because i'm so into this premise alone what like, i found moving it out to be bigger and bigger every issue is got, it's got to happen yeah and i think bringing cole in is like he's the guy who's going to make everything like on unfurl um yeah the interesting because i was looking at volume two uh this collects issues one through five volume two collects issues eight through 13 so there's two uh standalone issues that aren't collected in the trade and it really bums me out because like i i own them because individually but if i buy the collection they're not in that. It's going to be coming yeah. out like in its hmm. own, like, because there's a bunch of like one shots, kind of like Hellboy type of situation. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to collect all of those into one thing, but I'm like, oh, but I can't read the next two issues immediately. Like, yeah, that. that's kind of a bummer. It is kind of yeah, a bummer. That's... But, uh, yo, man, great book. I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, James Tynan, man, that dude, he, four of them, all four of them are doing great. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, shall we get into? Shall we move on then? We, move we it to the book the, club. We let's be done with the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, that's that. It's my book club next week. Uh, I gotta. I gotta figure out what that's gonna be. Uh, I don't know offhand right now. Wait, next we might not even have a show next week potentially. So. Well, that that's true. So it'll be the whatever week. I'm next. Yeah. Whatever. We got time. Um, and yeah, as Ryan said, we're probably not going to have a show next week um, with everything going on with Sparks um, and it being Thanksgiving weekend. Um, probably just best to skip it uh, and come back for the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Woo! Somebody save me! So that's Smallville. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> um, so that's that, and then we'll do the Andrew Garfield ones, and then we'll do No Way Home, and then you won't see us till after the new year. So... Um, oh, we also have a Hawkeye Figures watch coming soon. That's this week. Oh, shit. That's coming out like three days. Two days. Yeah, that's this oh, week. Shit, yes. Amazing. Uh, so stay tuned for Figures watch coming back with uh, with uh, that and Discovery. So that's what we got to look forward to this week. Um, you can check out our other shows. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to our channel. Um, subscribe to uh, this channel. See a bunch of other shows that we do. We do a bunch of things um, such as Figures watch, what I just mentioned. Hawkeye, Star Trek Discovery coming this week. Hawkeye probably this week, I should say. Um, it really does depend on Sparks' schedule, if he wants to be on it or what's going on. Um, it will be out. We will have it out before the... We'll have it out. It'll be out eventually. It'll be here. We like the Marvels. Yeah. Uh, Basement Arcade, uh, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, um, both of which uh, will probably be back soon. You know, just give us some time, guys. Uh, yeah, working yeah. through some the, stuff. The good news is, is that there's stuff being recorded. That's the good news. When stuff comes out, that's other things. Yeah, uh, Factor Book Club, Animation Station, all those other shows. We got a lot of we got a lot of content on this YouTube channel. Uh, I think a lot of it's good, so check it out. True. Um, I've linked below the Craft Bizey mask once again. Uh, I got sick going to Orlando. It's not COVID, thank goodness. Um, but you know, guys, wear those masks. Like this isn't fun. It's not over. Uh, Patreon, T Public. Both are linked below. Um, support us on T Public. Um, Patreon will will be relaunched at the end at the beginning of the new year. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I figure out those shirts, those are coming. I promise. You can check out our website um, at www.fakenerdpodcast.com where you can find all those links. Um, find everything. It's all there. All that is linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live stream. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind or replay or whatever they call it. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, that's a skeleton. What? <laughs> Why is there a skeleton there? Yeah. Oh my God. It's Ghostbusters. All right. Um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci um, for doing all the music that you've heard here tonight. And of course, uh, all of our intros for all of our other shows. Uh, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. You can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at Suburban Proctologist uh, Official or at Subproc Podcast. And of course, the show's on iTunes and all podcast things thank you to mike Matola. does our logos and we collaborated with um we we're trying to get a collaboration uh this uh by the by the end of the year that's probably not happening right now um we're just gonna kind of keep it simple until the end of the year uh right off this wave um and then we'll 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 be back better than ever hey we used to just be a podcast that's true um the pandemic we really we really expanded in the pandemic and i love it all we Absolutely. did Oh yeah. Um, but you can find Mike at uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok on, at Mike Matola. Um, 
Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, Ben. You can find me traveling all the way through the center region with my starter Pokemon at BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I still write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Yeah, I know I haven't had an article come out, but I, guys, it was my birthday. I was on my vacation. I need to write. I need a break. But a new article is coming. I have one. It's up here. I just need to, you know, sit down and write the damn thing. But yeah, OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Go there. I got a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, Basement Arcade has his own audio feed. I think Brandon mentioned that earlier. Yes. But yeah. But it's, it has its own audio feed, so if you want to check out Basement Arcade Pause Menu, go there and listen. We still got a crap ton of awesome episodes to listen to. And then once new ones come up, I will let you all know. That was a lot. Brian. <laughs> DJ Tony Stark. All right. Did you, Short, did you, did you, wait, did you understand that? Yeah, DJ Tony Stark. All right, cool, cool. Well, you, I mean, it, but it, I know it. Kind of, it kind of sounded like you said DJ Tony Stark a little bit. DJ Tony Snark. Sparks is, of course, at Sparks Woody on Instagram and Twitter. And once again, our heart goes out to him. Uh, Ryan? Oh, I was just going to say S-P-A-R-K-Z Woody. Yeah. Uh, he, he and his family are going through some rough times. So if anybody watching or listening could put out some good juju into the universe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, we love you, brother. Uh, this, this is me putting out good juju. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get it. We greatly, wherever you get us, we greatly appreciate it. Like this video and subscribe to our channel. And until next week, who are you gonna call? Bye.